Okay, so episode 11. Uh, this one is with David Rossi. He's an artist. He's a very, very funny man. We had about four hours worth of conversation, uh, but only two of it got recorded. And even at that, I was want to trim some of it, but it made no sense because it was a good conversation. It was a good laugh, and I trimmed the whole 43 seconds at the whole thing. So here we are. Um, yeah, go and buy his artwork. Just give the man some sort of money. He does drawings. He's a good Quentin Blake impressionist. Um, give him abuse for putting pineapple on and banana on pizzas because that's just wrong. Um, but on a genuine note, he's a lovely guy. Very inviting. It was probably the most comfortable I've done a podcast and the vibe was just great the whole day. Uh, there's a puppy there as well. Um, unnamed at the time. I don't know what it's called now, but beautiful wee whippet. Um, so you can hear him like barking a wee bit maybe and tuning my cables uh, just a lovely wee thing um, yeah just thank you for anyone who's a returning listener thank you for rating the podcast if you have on Spotify that always helps analytics and all that shit um, yeah keeping this one short uh, go and bug Rossi if you can go and tell him to get these Situ Marmaduke and Biffy videos that he's got recorded on old VHS things get, tell him to get them uploaded before they disappear to the world forever. Um, yep, yeah, thank you very much for re listening if you are. And yeah, I'm going to shut up now. Enjoy the podcast. Sucking away at these beautiful things. Sucking away. Sucking away. It's more significant than numbers. It's more significant than numbers. It's more significant than Okay to you. Sounds good to me. That sounds alright yeah. to you. That's fine. Let's go for it now. Nice. Okay, David Rossi. Or this is a thing I was going to um, mention to you first. Yeah. You give it seventeen pseudonyms. <laughs> so we've got Henry Hunter. We've oh, got wow. Doctor Henry Hunter. <laughs> we've got Ferrero Rossi. We've yeah. got David Rossi. We've got Yente Mente. <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. And you're also a Criminal Minds character. I'm also a Criminal yeah. Minds what character. What is your birth name? My birth name? <laughs> <laughs> My government name is David Rossi. David Rossi. David Rossi. I, no middle name? I, I do have a middle name, but it's, is, it's irrelevant. Is it? Nah, <laughs> Fair enough, man. I just I don't like it. I don't actually even like my own name, which is clear uh, the amount of pseudonyms <laughs> that I've got. So I've actively tried over the years to... There, there's good reason for all of them. You missed one as well, though. What, what did I miss? I used to have a really a nickname, uh, Cyclops. Cyclops, which was part of the Sutropero, yeah, like farmer. Yeah, how did you get that name? Um, I used to point cameras, I used to point cameras. I was, I filmed, uh, I went out with Sutro the first time to film them, yeah. And uh, it was actually a guy called Damon who was the he was a drummer that came and played with Sutro in between their first drummer, Brendan and Fergus. Fergus, And there was a guy called Damon who'd, who'd come to come to Sucho through the wildest connection. It was through, he played live drums for Busted. Uh, <clears throat> Aye, so around that time, Charlie I see the Simpson, connection actually, Aye, Fight Star. Fight Star, yeah. toured with Fight Star. But that, that was the tour that he played. The connection, I believe, I, I feel like it probably would have been a guy called Pete Rooney. I'm pretty sure Pete Rooney sort of Pete Rooney knows everyone, and I'm pretty sure he was like, "Oh, I know this guy that played drums and busted. You, you should, you should get him in." So he came and played with Sucho the first time I toured with Sucho actually, 
and it was him that called me. He was he was aghast when he found out that I didn't have a suture name yet. So, I mean, it was my first tour, but I, yeah. the first two, two or three days I didn't have a name. Right. And then that's when something to do with the one eye. The, with the, the camera. Lens, yeah. Eye, that's when that apparently came up. So your research is amazing, but you did miss one. I missed one. <laughs> I missed the main one, if mm. I'm honest. Like, mm-hmm. I, cause, um, I know about that because you get credits on the dialogue on the two video. There's credits on that? No, not credits, but it just says like in the description of the ah, video. Right. like okay. Uh, I think, I don't know what pseudonym name it. It was not Cyclops, I know that. I think it was just David Rossi. Maybe Or I... Dr. Henry or something like that. Why doctor? Are you actually a doctor? I, I don't... You got a doctorate? <laughs> I, not yet, not yet. No, the, not yet. the doctor party, that name's like a mashup of everything that I was yeah. influenced by at the time. So this is going to sound unhinged because <laughs> there's a lot to it, right? But, oh, sorry. sorry. Um, Firstly, obviously, my, my real initials are DR. So Aye, yeah. DR for the doctor, right? But the doctor part, it was actually because of a guy called Dr. H.H. H. Holmes, who was possibly the most incredible, uh, incredibly psychotic serial killer, but an incredible serial killer nonetheless. Like, he built, a, he built an entire hotel, sole, the sole purpose of which was to kill people. They built a hotel that killed people. Where? It, Where was this? It was in um, it was in America, and I want to say it was in Chicago at the World's Fair. So the early late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. I can't actually remember right. right. And this guy who looks weird, he's creepy man. He's like got this big tash. He's quite kind of just got a really weird look to him. The silly bowler hat and everything, which was I believe fashionable at the time. But the he <laughs> uh, built he he. Through really nefarious means, he got hold of this property and he designed this torture hotel that throughout the process of building it, he kept changing contractors so that nobody really knew that they were building this bit and then they'd get rid of them. Someone else would build that bit. Nothing really was making sense, but he'd just get rid of folk once they started questioning it. And it was like... the rooms that were airtight and he'd have gas pipes to go into it so you'd check into this room especially at the time being the the, the world fair or whatever it was called when you're aware of those things yeah, those things are mental the man they're just yeah. built fucking yeah greek looking i only know it from a simpsons episode but right, i did I, look yeah, into yeah, it yeah, yeah it's bonkers yeah, man they threw yeah. up all these big fucking structures and that for yeah you know an exposition of some sort and tore them down afterwards but anyway obviously lots of people were coming to town People were checking in, single people, a lot of single women, I believe, was his target. And he'd, oh man, he'd like fucking gas them, asphyxiate them. He'd have trap doors that would take you onto a chute that would take you down into like fucking boiling water or bath of acid or just into a fucking fire, I think, at one point. Like just everything was made, hallways that didn't go anywhere and shit, like a maze that once you were in, you weren't getting out. And he'd then, He'd then take the bones of the people he killed and sell them to universities <laughs> for the, for the science that, yeah. department. I like wow. it's like he was an absolute fucking madman. So Dr. H. H. Holmes is a large reason, large part of the reason that I chose the name Dr. <laughs> Henry Hunter. The other the Henry and the Hunter bit of references to Bukowski and Thompson. But the um the main part of it is a serial killer that I've really admired for a while. I actually checked a book out. There's one. There was a. There's a book that 
pay apparently DiCaprio certainly and maybe Scorsese I don't know they were talking about making it it's called The Devil in the White City and that book is the reason I can't go back to my local library because I couldn't find it anywhere at the time except the library so I just took it I, I took it out I checked it out but I never took it back because I wanted to keep it and I couldn't uh, find another copy of it this was pre-Amazon uh, that's really? how long it's been since I've been you know I'm had sure the balls to go you know, into my library yeah. I know but I feel like they might the fucking that guy <laughs> Took that one book. This is not the way I thought this would start off getting told about <laughs> the fucking heartbreak hotel of nineteen of eighteen ninety six. It's really worth looking into because it sounds it sounds like a like you ever seen American horror story? There's a I hotel saw the one. First season yeah, of, I didn't see anything. I mean that was that. a great season. I mean it's not a great season, the hotel one, mm. but what you're describing is like kind of like it. Yeah, maybe based on. I mean it is. I mean I guess in America it's probably you know a huge story. It's maybe just not as popular over here. Yeah, but. Um, but the fact that they're talking about making movies of them, but I mean, like, I mean, Netflix will surely get something out. It's like everything it's else that they haven't. Like, there's I some know. things that I just can't believe they haven't made films about. Like, and they're just recycling shit for before. Same shit. Like, there's yeah. lo- I was actually just talking to a friend the other day about this. Um, this exact thing. Like, there's a there's a character in British history, modern British history, World War Two, that would be the most incredible character for a TV show or a film or a, you know whatever, and they've just never done it. And his names. Jack Churchill, right? No relation to, yeah, to Winston. Um, Winston. But he was like, <laughs> the guy was a fucking one-off. Like he was the whole reason, I think the whole reason they actually created the commandos and he was the first commando, right? He'd already by that point- The comic books? No, sorry, the, 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 is it like a branch of the Marines or something? Oh, right, okay. I thought so, you were just talking about aye, like the, a the comics, comic No, book, no, yeah. but he's, um, he basically had already done his time in the military pre-World War II and they brought him back out of retirement at which point he'd become an actor right and then he went in he's one of his main one of his quotes about being prepared for war was like you're improperly prepared for war unless you've got um a sword and a bow and arrow and this is world war ii this guy's cutting about europe shooting nazis with fucking bow and arrow or, or going at folk with swords he was seen landing at I think Normandy. It might have been it might have been one of the other landing sites, but he was he landed somewhere. He ran off the landing craft, playing the bagpipes and throwing grenades. Really? Like the guy was fucking bang up for it, man. Like he was raging. When the war ended, he'd been injured and he'd been in hospital. And when he came round and found out the war in Europe was ended, he was seething. Uh, Quoted as something, saying something like if the fucking Americans hadn't joined in, would they got another twenty years out of this war? raging like so he took like he took down like a 20-man unit of of nazis by himself yeah but just cutting a like the nazi high commander going this folk getting shot with arrows we don't know what to do (laughs) this guy's just and they've never you know he's he's never been the subject of a a show or a film and it just doesn't make any sense because hollywood seems to be fucking right up for these kind of mad stories but did you watch the Dahmer one the jeffrey yeah that was good but again milked to fuck I really unsettling could have been, what a performance. Well, what was it? Ten episodes. It was I think it was. Or, I, yeah, I think and it, it could have been six. Yeah, I. That's a fair point. Or no, it was either better. six and it could have been four. Right. It was one of that, I but yeah, about thirty percent of it. I just remember just being horrified for so many different reasons. Yeah. Like, the performance was out of sight, but the the bits that stuck with me were like the bits when the Exorcist. No, like when he the film. No. Wait, 
What's that? When they go back to watch The Exorcist 2. Oh, God, I yeah, sorry, yeah, right. Yeah. That was fucking... That's yeah. a great meme now as well, though. Yeah, with, I know. <laughs> you you come back to me now. <laughs> standing in front of the TV holding a knife and there's like something random on the there's screen. There's just a barrel in the right yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's the bits when, like, he had bodies in the house and the police were in the house, but because he was talking about doing gay stuff, the police were like, yeah, well, I, 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 fair enough, we're I, out. I you know, know and yeah. I literally three feet away from a dead body, you I know. know yeah. But the fact that the police could have nipped that in the bud a lot quicker and he was allowed to go out and do the things he did but fuck yeah. me, even the ending even though he's obviously the guy was a, a madman and the world's better off without him like yeah. the, the way he went as well that was brutal uh, to watch yeah getting thingied in jail bludgeoned to yeah, death in the showers I know, it was... yeah. the whole dad thing as Oof. well where like Ken there's like a dead was like a raccoon or something under the house and he was an obsession with that you know what I mean it's kind of yeah. weird because I used to love picking legs off spiders when Is I was a right? kid uh, so yeah. <laughs> Fuck man, yeah, I, I, I know. I, I have a couple of friends like I stayed away from spiders, and I still. Yeah, I love spiders, man. I, I, yeah. I kind of love them now, but they, only because I've had to. Because, you know, like my wife and you know the kids aren't aren't that into spiders. So if yeah. there is a spider, I have to deal with. If, yeah. if Ralph the dog misses it, I mean sometimes you know hoover them up if he yeah, sees them. But yeah. if I have to deal with them, I'm like just a brave face. You know, you're like, oh yeah, yeah it's fine. I know. <laughs> I couldn't touch anything dead like under the. No, like, oh, yeah, I've had to. What under the house or something? Mm. Like even I, so I had to kill a mouse in my house. I didn't have to, mm. and I just rhymed there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have to, but it was like humane. It was a humane trap. Eh? Right, so okay. if there's any vegans listening, that was ah, not yeah, humane. Nah, there's no such thing. Nah, but uh, not, I felt nah. the guilt. I felt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the retail was king at the side. I took no pride in doing it, and no. I had to like lift up by the tail and in the bin and like. Oh. But I didn't want to chew through my washing machine cable. Yeah, so. they, they do a bit of damage certainly. Yeah. But mine wasn't. I didn't do the killing certainly, but I had to. I had to deal with, it. and it was a really odd circumstance. Like I came home one day, we'd been out for a walk. Came, I got in the front garden, and we'd noticed on the walk home there was like these fucking like hunters of crows flying around my house, like just above my house. Circling. Sounds like a sixties horror film. Fucking look, look one man. We're walking up the road, and I'm like, I was like, darling, there's fucking. That's our house. Look, there's crows. I'd been, I'd been doing nothing at this point for about three weeks other than painting crows and blackbirds because I just started getting obsessed with them, like I do when I if I get onto one thing with painting. Sometimes it takes me for a few weeks, and I'd done a few paintings of blackbirds and crows, and then I'm walking home, and the house is surrounded by them, and we get to the front garden, and there's a dead one on the front grass yeah. of the house and I'm like that's fucking terrifying yeah. I had to basically I just put a, plastic, a bin bag over it and sort of scooped it into the bin bag and put it in the bin but it was like the bin had been emptied like the day before so this thing was oh, like remember sit- that yeah. we were talking about the Simpsons there as well but do you remember that years and years ago in the Simpsons I referenced to I think Edgar Allan Poe the it's a heartbeat the yeah the, oh, the uh, heartbeat thing that Lisa yeah, makes in uh, the diorama uh, the telltale heart that's yeah, all I could yeah, think about I, when I out the back for a. Smoke. It's a beating of the hideous heart. <laughs> all I could think about was this fucking dead crow in a bin. I'm like, I couldn't. I wasn't. I've never been happier to see my bin getting emptied than, <laughs> than that week, man. Because that was it was unsettling. It was really unsettling. But I never painted a. I've never painted a blackbird since. Did the crows fuck off after? The crows yeah. left once. Uh, once a bin man came. <laughs> once, yeah. Now once I'd once I'd cleared the once I'd cleared the thing off the lawn. They they, the they, they went the lawn. The yeah, lawn. That's weird. The grass. I know. I know. Front garden. The front garden. <laughs> <laughs> the porch. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man, it's like I. That, that was. It was scary. It was really unsettling because 
because it did feel a wee bit, you know, like because I'd been paying them, I'm not a superstitious person. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a few wee superstitions. That is weird. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. really odd, man. Really, really odd. So I started painting seagulls after that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck seagulls, man. Good mm. shit, man. Yeah, mental, man. Mental, but it's... Uh... As well, the Dammer thing as well. This is one thing I never knew about was the Infinity Land. Aye. I never yeah, knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's... I did a bit of research, you know, and I know, so that's where the name for the arm came from. Yeah, but, yeah, Which is also very... Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fitting for the arm because it's fucking nuts. But Aye. yeah, it's just like it's funny because I do remember him. I do remember hearing that back when the album came out. I remember hearing where the title came from. And um, you know that way that back then, well, I was all I always got confused. But there was a few serial killers or murderers or whatever in America in American history that I'd mix up, like Gacy, you know, like Gacy Bundy. Have you, uh, seen the, have you seen the Dahmer Gacy film? It's no. like the most underfunded, under oh man, oh, it's God, brutal. It's, it just, really it's like Freddy versus Jason, but like on a eighty pound budget. Oh, it's some, it's honestly brutal, eh? and it's like they're just arguing about like I'm the better killer. Like, oh no, yeah. It's just, oh, sometimes oh, it's man, so... some of the shit you find like that, like some of the shit you find on streaming sites, sometimes yeah. you're like, how the fuck did that get made? Like, how the fuck did that? Who authorized this? Who, who authorized yeah, it? Me, me and a good friend of mine wrote a script years ago. Again, again, about birds, and um, it was a kind of stoner horror version of it was a mixture of somewhere between the birds and dazed and confused what's dazed and confused i've never dazed and confused is a really really great uh movie i think it was richard linklater i think his name is that made it and it's it's about high school american high school in the 70s i think but it's it's made in the night the 90s at some point ben affleck's in it and um who else there's a bunch of bunch of folk that went on to become quite successful in this film and it's just about kids at school sort of finishing up at school but the whole point i think it one it, it's a great it's a great movie it's all about them trying to get to go to a gig at the end of it i'm pretty sure it was aerosmith or something weird like that but the some some band i don't know i think it was aerosmith it's a long long story journey to get know, to an aerosmith gig. i know yeah exactly i wouldn't go out my way man <laughs> like fuck's sake unless they literally turned up and i'm in the next Building or something, you know, like that maybe go then. But fucking Aerosmith playing on top of that tank next door. Aye, <laughs> God, man, like, I'm all at Cher or Madonna. I think you need to go on that thing. Why but... is there a tank next door? There's a t- the... The... well, no, that's the the one there's the artillery. That's an artillery gun. There's an actual tank out that side. Oh, really? So that whole this this kind of corner, three houses. Yeah. Or used to be, I think the I want to say sergeant houses. I don't know what the I don't know the, yeah, the, the ranks, ranks, but I don't know if, how many folk are above them if they get a house, but. I believe that's what these houses were originally for. So the TA covers that kind of L shape. So the other side there, they've got an actual tank. Yeah. Um, they're very noisy. The TA. But, uh... These people, they're <laughs> out there. They're chanting and marching and they play basketball and stuff. It's all, you know, it's not, well. <laughs> it doesn't go on late at night. It's not an issue. But yeah. one day I was fucking cutting about in the garden and they were doing, they were painting the tank and cleaning everything up to make yeah. it look nice because I hadn't done it in years, I guess. There's a guy outside pumping up the tires to that artillery gun. One of them fucking popped, man. I'm fucking in my back garden. I thought a fucking bomb had gone off, man. Fuck, we're under attack. Good thing I live next to the army. I don't know what they're training for, but they're definitely training for something. Fucking hell. It's mental, man. They don't work. Either of them have been assured. I have asked. 
So if there war does kick off, you're fucked. I'm you're fucked. just as fucked as I everybody. I don't think yeah. there's any armory or any weaponry yeah, no, in this yeah. place, man. I might find like a good, I don't know, an airsoft gun or something, but I don't <laughs> think I'm going to find anything much useful. But we're prepared. We're prepared for the zombie stuff. So anything's a weapon. <laughs> you know, anything can be. When the a crows weapon. come back to attack, oh, you're man. fucking ready. You have your oh, crossbow. So I saw. Yeah. So the I actually do it. No, I do have a. I don't have a crossbow. I've got a. I've got a. I've got a airsoft rifle. Rifle sniper rifle. My pal's got a wee crossbow though. We got him for his birthday. It's fucking great for him. All those wee handheld ones. Yeah. Fires actual arrows though. To be fair, right. like, it would be very dangerous. Or it is very dangerous in the wrong hands. I suppose, or the right hands exactly it's a fist off you exactly know. Aye. Yeah. with a we've totally gone off course and I love it <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck could this go anywhere good. I know yeah. um, I was just going to ask can I ask you as well like, I always kind of start off every podcast well, we're 20 fucking minutes in now so that's fine <laughs> uh, it's a good intro it is a great intro yeah. talking about fucking dead yeah. crows in your garden <laughs> already I was I saying know. that was the Jeffrey big, that Dammer was my big, that was my big end, heartbreak man. hotel yeah. <laughs> I, I, that, I wonder if that hotel has got like a wee trip advisor eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three stars. I can't really breathe in the room. I uh, know, yeah. <laughs> I woke up with an extra leg. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking Joseph Mengel mm. shit just experimenting on you. Oh, and all God, that. I, yeah. Um, where did you grow up? In here. In here. Grew up in here, I. Born yeah. and bred. Born and bred, Ayrshire boy. I obviously get fat. My family are mostly Italian, and I've spent a lot of my youth holidaying, I suppose you'd call yeah. it, in this wee, this wee village in the middle of Italy, up the mountains. Aye, Aye. Nice. dead nice. It's um, just dead fortunate, I suppose. Like my parents were, my parents are um, over the years have been like cafe and hotel owners and at one point pub and stuff. So it's, hotel owner for America. Eh? <laughs> what's, what's that? A hotel owner for a hotel, America. Aye, no, uh, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, of course. I should come and stay, man. Come and stay. <laughs> um, it's so they were always dead busy in the summer. So I just get papped off with my grandparents to this wee village in Italy for like the full summer. So it's, it was I was very fortunate in that regard, but but very much very Ayrshire. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, like, you know, there's there's some things that just you, you know heritage can't give you. I know. Yeah. It's, um, but you know, I still go over there a lot. We were actually planning. Me and my wife were planning to get married there. Are you? Ma- you're married now. I'm married right? now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we get married um, September last year. Right. We were meant to get married. We can't postponed it like two or three times. Obviously, COVID. yeah, you might have heard of it. <laughs> uh, it, it. It ruined my plans. <laughs> I don't know what it did to everyone else, but it ruined my fucking plans. Um, we and it, it they, we kind of kept putting it off instead of just totally cancelling it and doing it here like we ended up doing. We were like the first couple of times, well, we'll just postpone it. No, everything's not nothing's sure yet. You know, the vaccines were just starting to roll out. What was your original where, date? The original date was like, so we got engaged in the October of 2020. So right in the thick of the oh, first yeah. sort of lockdown. And then we planned to get, <laughs> <coughs> this is obviously like, you have to bear in mind, remember what it was like at the start of the pandemic. It was all, oh, this isn't going to last that long. So I we're know, like, yeah. ah, we'll make the plans for this time next year. Or maybe late, late summer 2021, thinking this will be done by then. And, you know, we'd obviously already by that point come in and out of lockdown again. So, yeah, no. So in Italy, we're obviously, they were really struggling at that point. And there was the trap of trying to get, you know, like 50 people to go over to this wee village that's a nightmare to get to, even if you know where it is. So we were kind of like postponed, postponed. And we've been out there to check my, you know, my cousin's bar. That's where we're going to do it. And um, we eventually rescheduled it. And everyone was on board for last summer. And then... Um, 
we were out there for a week and I managed to, we, we had a, a bag got lost amidst, I don't know if you remember last summer, it was just, if you went to any airport in Britain, it was just fucking mountains of luggage lying about the place. It was like... 2022? 2022, aye. I went away uh, in Spain no. in 2022. No, aye, 2022. Yeah. There was just baggage just issues fucking, everywhere. It's just Glasgow Airport in aye. general. So we got our bag lost. We got to Napoli. It was like 42 degrees when we got there. Spent a day in Napoli, went to my family village up the mountains, which is only about two hours away from Napoli. And then the first or second night, I'm like sitting outside everyone's t-shirts and, you know, it's dead warm and apparently and everyone's enjoying their dinner and I'm sitting there like, I feel like I'm fucking dying. Like I'm like, there's something like to my wife, well, like, we need to get, I need to go. I can't fucking sit here. I'm absolutely yeah. freezing. I've got my fucking jacket on totally cold and I'm like getting in the house but the by the end of that night I'm tripping fucking balls like I'd been like I'd been eating fucking acid all night like I'm telling my wife like like I'm fucking going between like laughing like fuck and crying like fuck like just like I can't like nothing made sense my eyelids didn't seem to like the if I had my eyes closed the fucking light was just searing through them like uh -huh. I was in so much pain back was killing me everything was just going wrong I started sweating tripping uh had this horrifying dream that thankfully to this day i can't remember but i woke up and and just started i was like my wife was like is everyone all right you know like yeah. this, this, this thing's just happened don't know what it was but i know that it was horrifying and i like felt like i'd been spiked which you know it has happened before but it wouldn't happen in a place like this tiny village in italy but i really thought someone had, had dozed me and um spent the night you know fighting this get basically getting covered in ice packs because my temperature hit like 39 point fucking nine or something yeah and i'm left with the idea that my wife's left at his 40 you might have to go to hospital and i'm like when i was i think 11 or 12 i ended up in a hospital in that part of italy and i never want to do it again right. terrifying man like the fuck it. it's like it, it's it's a weird place like it's they're, they're just basically what happened was i thought i had heat stroke by the very last day of the holiday we're dropping the car off in napoli to get on the plane, I get a can of this wonderful drink that you get in Italy called lemon soda. It's the most fantastic lemonade that I've ever ever drank. Fucking sculled half of it. Could taste fuck all. And at that oh, point, so I'm like, COVID. I was like, this isn't heat stroke, darling. I've got fucking COVID. I'm uh, going to get on a plane. Yeah. Two I put two masks on as if yeah. that was going to make any difference. You know, just don't tell anyone. I don't want to get told that I can't leave Italy because I need to leave. I've had the worst week of my life. Well, I'm over in the place that, that, you know, brings me a lot of joy for loads of reasons. Obviously, history and the food family, and family yeah. and all that. Yeah, I should have put family before food, but yeah, the food know, is really good. <laughs> <laughs> and I had half a plate of pasta and maybe a little bit of a, you know, an anti-pasty vibe one afternoon when I felt up to it. But the rest of the time I spent in bed, all I could eat was really kind of these salty, cheesy crisps that you get in Italy called Fonzies. It's the only thing I could really fucking... Did you taste them? No. Well, no, yeah, no, at that point I could. Yeah, I, my taste, right. my, the, the taste thing didn't disappear until literally I was about to get on the plane. Right. But that was when that happened. And by that point, I'd started to feel better as well. Like I'd, you know, and then it but, hits. but that was with fucking, I think, definitely two doses, maybe three doses of the vaccine. Was that your first ever COVID? That was it. Aye. I got COVID before the world shut down. Oh, I was, you? yeah, I got it in the March, like start of March, just after my birthday. And I remember I was like fearing for my life, but this was when like if you phone the doctor, like you've got COVID, like join the queue, yeah. fucking stay in your house, then you talk to anyone, aye. get off work and that. And I had fever dreams. I think aye, that's what aye, I call aye. fever yeah, dreams. Fever dreams aye, yeah. And I was like 
imagine myself being people I know in that and doing situations and I dreamed I was a singer in a band from like Germany or something <laughs> and I was in a war I was in a war it was wow. great ah, yeah I was trying to hit football drumsticks and that it was great I was fucked <laughs> okay, you also have drumsticks were they, were they shooting at you <laughs> they were shooting at oh, me right, so, so you just had so your, your guy with the bone arrow yeah yeah <laughs> you had drumsticks that, yeah. Yeah. Fair I was fucked man but I, mm. my temperature was really bad and I couldn't eat and Jesus. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I'm a greedy bastard, eh? so like, when I don't eat, that's when like, <laughs> yeah, that's a work. Like, you should maybe stay off. Covid I, and hungry. I yeah. had, <laughs> I had been following um, a band around for like five or six days beforehand, and the last night was Newcastle. I think Newcastle at the point was like the Covid ah, hotspot right, yeah, at that okay, kind of time. So it was definitely caught it there, eh? so yeah. but it's scary. horrible. Yeah, scary. oh, it's yeah. folk are like, oh, she's a really bad cold. That's nah, not. No, it's my not. wife, my wife got it at the very start as well. She was the first one out of my out of our combined group of friends that had had got it, and it was I just it was terrifying. Yeah. I remember just being like. I'm on, I'm on the phone to the, I get, obviously, so the tracking, she had to speak to the NHS or whatever it was, track and trace, and then I had to speak to them. Do you mind that track and trace? Track and trace. Before a gig, you're like, oh, can I go to this? Like, see if this wee line doesn't turn up on this wee thing. Yeah. I can't go to a gig. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, remember having to do it for, like, flights? How fuck? I mean, we I mean, didn't have to. We chose to, yeah. we chose to go to Italy because we were trying to arrange our wedding. <laughs> and having to, like, do, like, so you had the ones you got, for supermarket pharmacies and that yeah. you were given for free yeah. but then you if to you wanted them. you had to order and them and pay for them yeah. and you're like it's the same fucking thing yeah. and so send that off and then you have to hope that you know like then you're like well none of it made sense either because you know if you if you're negative at the end of your the end of the day before you fly you might be positive before you none of it made COVID sense COVID in hindsight nobody knew what was happening but no, people never. in charge made rules up that they weren't mm-hmm. sure what happened and then at the end of it all oh, didn't know him and not saying it didn't matter, but a lot of it was irrelevant. And I think so. I costly and costly, but obviously, you know, like when you can, because the one thing everyone was starting to compare it to was like this could be another um, plague. The eye or like this, I don't. Well, I the, call it the Spanish flu because that was a an American term for it. But the American flu of the yeah. early nineteen hundreds. You know, Netflix it could have been released like a show about that like about a month before the pandemic as I well. Heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. and that was like the most watched me. thing of yeah, like March twenty twenty. They were saying something. just at this before March they were on this thing saying there's something big going yeah, to happen I soon, know. and then literally like, know, weeks yeah, later yeah, it happened. I know. I mean, when I heard about this, like, aye, some guy in like Japan or China has ate a bat, aye. and like Aussie did that already, <laughs> and then exactly, and then aye. it just like it kind of grew, and you're like, oh, folk at my work, like, oh. We were in France and there's a whole there's a whole village there that's getting shut down and like France is fucking miles away, it'll be fine and then fine. It's fine and then all of a sudden like I mean going to Tesco for beer and then all the corona was left over and everything else was <laughs> taken. Good thing to get to see the Scots have got their fucking priorities. Eh? Absolutely, <laughs> if it's got lime in it, we're not drinking it. Yeah, that was uh, and then so I, like, a week later, it was like the whole like super. It honestly, showed you the the stupidness of the human race with yeah. the toilet paper. Eh? Like oh, just man, that was so not frustrating. I still God. remember being in the supermarket at that point when the shelves were all bare and folk were panic buying everything. And the funniest fucking thing that I can remember from the start of the pandemic, like it was a really nice wee moment of joy and what was otherwise a quite a scary experience is this guy dope, not, didn't dive in front of me, didn't like invade me or anything, but he was like, he reached into the fucking in front of me. I'm looking for something specific in the veg aisle. Can't remember what it was, but he fucking grabs this, honestly, the most, the most kind of fucked up looking turnip. 
I've ever seen in my life. Like it was mutilated, like it yeah. was garbage, man. It was probably about the size of this coffee cup. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that big, it wasn't yeah. that impressive, and it was mutilated. And he's like, he just went, yes, <laughs> held, it, held it up and was like, yes. And I'm like, fucking yes, mate. Like, good on you. You got your turn up. Like, what, like, what are you making? You know, like, fucking, like, there was nothing else there. And he yeah. just, he was so happy to have got his turn up. And I'm looking at this, I'm looking about going, this must have been what it was like to be in some, you know, war-torn country or like back in the, you know, like the Soviet Union or yeah. something that you're so used to hearing about these things when there was no food, no bread, no, you know, no fresh produce. And you're like, that was, that's, well, it's continuing still. Do you mind at fair, the start but... of the pandemic when folk were wearing masks in like February and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I've been, I was actually exempt from wearing a mask. I've got like, like nasal breathing issues and all that right, shit. Okay. So I didn't wear it except really did bug me. Aye. So I'd go to the supermarket and you know that Simpson, this is a fucking throwback to every yeah, garden yeah. we're going for here yeah, yeah. when the 3D one when Homer comes out the world and he goes he walks in the streets and everybody's aye, looking at him that's yeah, how I felt aye. I don't have a matter and I yeah. feel like I just killed somebody and I was aye. walking in with a knife in the head in one hand just like <laughs> kicking about Tesco's looking yeah, for a toilet roll yeah. and bread you know? having the audacity to breathe on folks. I know how yeah. dare you I know that I remember that I remember that there was I mean the seeing somebody with a mask on without a mask on sorry didn't didn't bother me um, oh, fucking but what it, what did bother me was, and I fucking nearly got into it a few times in supermarkets that over this was the, like, arrows are the most fucking easy to follow things. <laughs> like, there's nothing more obvious than an arrow. Like, it's pointing that way. So fucking walk that way, right? And see the amount of folk that it just yeah. breathes right into you. Yeah. And you're like, motherfucker, like the... Like what you know, there's a fucking there's a big thing happening. Like just follow the fucking rules. But it was so clear from the start that some folk were just like, like don't get me wrong, I don't follow that many. You know, like you know the politicians and that can all suck my dick. I don't. Like, I'm not that into what they've got to tell me to do. Like I don't yeah. agree with a lot of laws, obviously, and a lot of rules. But when it comes to something like as simple as that, something yeah. that's not really putting me out my way to keep other folk safe that might be less fortunate than myself to yeah. you know like you know folk that have got underlying health issues and stuff at that point like it's all very well now we can look back and go ah well you know it was a bit it was a you know there was various parts of this was an overreaction or you know it was a reaction that we didn't fully understand or whatever but like at the time you're like well you know, you're thinking about your old grandparents or your you know old folk that you know or folk that just aren't that well all the time and you're like how hard is it to follow the fucking lines? Know, you know, like, oh, um, is it going to put you out? Are you, are you, is your day ruined because you have to walk five yards around that know, way to get round like to come? Way, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's it was dead simple. Another one as well, like the whole. They didn't fucking know what was nah. going on. It was folk that I know folk that were, you know, like had various different jobs that were affected by the pandemic that ended up doing track and trace. They yeah. had no medical, you know, no, they weren't nurses or nah. anything like that. A lot of them. Was... I'm doing it in my work though, and I just kind of got. The information just kind of got chucked and if somebody right. phoned you being like i've got covid like when did you get it what day do i have to phone 300 people to tell them you might have it you yeah know what I, mean? like, just, I get I phoned know. on i was in a we went on a wee couple of days holiday to lock tay and uh, just everything was sort of reopened and obviously I've, there was all there was a lot of things still in place what you had to do in that but the Lochte was mobbed, man, and there was we we luckily got one managed to get one hotel room for one night or something because we did the usual thing. Oh, we'll just drive up there and see what happens. You know, what I mean, <laughs> not, not booking ahead or anything. And um, someone at my work 
at the hotel had um, got pinged. So then we all got phoned because I'd, I'd been working with them the day before I left for the holiday. Yeah. So I'm on the track and trace this woman going, well, you know, I'm holding my family. What do you expect me to do? Like, oh, no. I, you know, I, I need, you know, we're all in the same room. And she's like, oh, we need to book another hotel room. I'm like, well, let's, let's, think, let's think for a second that maybe I'm not rich. Yeah. And also that this place isn't fucking jumping. What do I do in that situation? Do I sleep in the car? Do we, you know, do we go home? Do I go home on public transport to protect my family and then, you know, affect other folk on the bus? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what to do. And the woman's just like, ah, I just have to get another hotel room. And all. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, like, that's not on the table I anymore. Know, you know, know, hotel rooms are, you know, that's not, that's not possible. So basically what I told, I was like, all right, well, just, we'll get up the road. We'll get up the road today. We ended up, you know, stayed there for like another two days because that's what we were planning to do. Yeah. But, you know, like, and plus... The person that had it in the hotel, I didn't have any fucking contact with it anyway. You know, I'm like, I fucking work through the back of the kitchen making pizzas. You know, I don't yeah. see anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just handing pizzas through a wee hatch, like, take those. And uh, so I, I, I didn't get COVID at that point and, and didn't have to worry about fucking. But the, the track and trace thing was just brutal. It was brutal, man. But obviously, everyone was doing a job and it was hard. You know, you don't want to be like, you don't want to always think it's, it's not right to shit on folk. When they're doing a job, like I, I try my hardest not to. Obviously, there are exceptions. Like the other, I'm gonna take us slightly off track again. We're, we're off track. There's no track. The other day, I was in Morrison's. Right, walked into Morrison's, which is just around the corner, and walked past the member of staff. This will be, that'll be important, right? <laughs> and he looked. He looked at me. I looked at him. You know, walked in, started shopping. It's literally, you walk straight into the normal morning, you walk straight into the veg aisle. So I'm in there, get a pepper, a couple of peppers. Went, went between the peppers and the onions, I hear someone saying, no time for that. I blanked it because I'm like, well, nothing to do with me, obviously. I'll just yeah, keep on walking, yeah. go for my onion. Get to the onion and let the guy, this voice again was like, here, no time for that. We're closing. And I turned around, there's a fucking security guard talking to me from across at the fruit bit. Mm -hmm. pointing like hey fucking no time for that and I'm like no time for what like I'm shopping <laughs> you know he's a break man and he's like no we're, we're closing we're closing in two minutes and I'm like and so I was like so you're open and he's like aye aye but we're closing in two minutes and I'm like yeah yeah but like for the next two minutes you're open and he's <laughs> like yes and I'm like well just gives two minutes then man I'm like, I didn't you know I don't know that it's not my responsibility to check the fucking time when I walk yeah. into a supermarket but I did walk past a member of staff, right? So this guy then proceeds to badger me around Morrison's. Like I'm walking and obviously now I'm feeling, well, fuck you. I'm just going to walk quite leisurely around Morrison's. I'm like, you know, folk, they're not closing the door and leaving on the, on the minute, you know? So like if you want to leave at seven, close at 10 to or something, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Standard fucking hospitality rules. <laughs> You've got somewhere to be. 10 minute grace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm like, at this point, you know, I'm in the cheese bit. This guy's up behind me going, hey, you're going to need to hurry up. And I'm like, fucking, fucking hurry up, man. I hate getting told to hurry up. And I'm like, it's cool, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Like, just kept yeah. on being as polite as I could. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, we'd literally just got the wee, the wee puppy, right? So I'm thinking, I, I wanted to get him a wee, I saw the dog toys and I'm like, I'm going to get him a wee dog toy. So I'm trying to pick one. Like, and I'm obviously thinking, well, you know, I'm taking my time picking it because, you know, he's like, beautiful wee, beautiful wee guy. Yeah, and I wanted to have a nice toy. 
And this guy then fucking comes up to me at that point and he starts and he said, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but he basically told me that I had to, had to get to the checkout and get yeah. out. And at that point, I just looked at him and I went, mate, see if you <laughs> see if you don't want folk to come in, stand at the fucking door and tell them not to come in. Yeah. This is I walk past one of your members of staff and he's like, he looked at me, we said, I kind of did the, the head yeah, nod right, thing. Yeah. And he didn't tell me he was just closing. Yeah. I, I didn't check my, my fucking phone for the time when I walked in the door. I'm not in the habit of doing it. So if you don't want folk in, like, don't fucking, you know, st- you stand at the door and secure the door. That's yeah. the, you know what I mean? But And I felt a wee bit bad about, you know, talking to him like that. But at the same time, I just had 10 minutes or five minutes of him just fucking badgering yeah. me. And then I saw him doing it to this wee old woman yeah. who's just walking around Morrison's while trolley getting her shopping. And he's like, Get to the checkout, and this wee old woman's like, "Oh, right, okay." You're like, fuck's sake, man! Like, chill the fuck out. Like, you get, you know, like, it's ugh, fucking. I try not to be addicted to folk, but it can't always happen. Unless you're not following arrows. Yeah, exactly. That's Unless different. you're a that's, that's Dick fucking, Morrison security that's guard. That's the dickhead yeah. Morrison security guard. That's a that's probably an authority thing. To be fair, from both of us, he's trying to exert his, and I don't respect it. So that's probably got a lot to do. But sick. <laughs> Back on track then, kind of. Sorry, aye, yeah. Thank you. Nah, it's fine. I'll go with a wee rant about a wee fucking yeah. brick for the human race. Aye. You hate it. Ranger Dale sometimes, eh? Like one person will just yeah, say something, and you, like, you, just, you go home and wish the worst things day. on them, and you're aye. like, is it worth it? No, nah, it never is. You need to, like, I try and remain as positive as possible in all in all endeavours. Oh, I'm Captain Negative all the time. Like, uh, is that right? Oh, totally well, right, it's yeah. a Scottish thing. It's built into this to be quite negative, yeah, but yeah. when it comes to like, you know, Trying to stay, well, obviously I'm an older guy now, so it's not quite like it was when I was a teenager, but, you know, staying out of the way of confrontation and, and not 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 involving myself in negativity, yeah. if I can help it. Yeah. Obviously there's moments that, you know, like the, the mist, the mist descends sometimes, yeah. and it's, um, I, but I just think that if you can, you, you know, take a deep breath and just uh, try to not, fucking get into it <laughs> and then ruin your own fucking day because that's ultimately yeah. what you're doing you know yeah. you are what is that old still like cutting off your nose to spite your face, face you know yeah. you're like you are ruining your own day yeah I know. but then the other side of it and this is why sometimes a wee bit of giving it back to someone helps because you can ruin your day more by like you say going home not saying the thing that you should have said yeah, and know, going home I and know, stewing I on know, it know. you know what i mean so sometimes you just have to i hold on to like shit like that and just yeah sh- you shouldn't Obviously, working on hospitality, like you get some total cunts, aye, especially yeah, yeah. when we're out work, oh, and it's just everywhere. like the public are the fucking worst. The man. worst, no, I mean, obviously, that's a broad generalization, yeah. but from a hospitality nah, point of view, the public are the fucking worst. You always think the public are the worst based on one person. 99% of your customers are Beautiful. fine, you get aye. one yeah. person. It's like, nah, especially if you work somewhere local. People. Yeah, if you work somewhere local, you get, yeah, the, you get your core regulars that are all lovely, and then someone just tries to fucking ruin your day, and it's. It's just, it's, I mean, I fucking, I worked bars since I was, I mean, I've worked in hospitality since I was I was like going to start with that, yeah. yeah. Like with the, obviously, you're a painter and all that on the side, mm-hmm. but you seem like me, hospitality since oh, day one. Since my, my parents, my family, my mum and my uncle, well, my grandparents originally, the whole reason my family's in this town is they bought into a cafe with an old uncle who already owned it. It was in the middle of the town. It was called the Savoy Cafe. It was fucking brilliant. And um, when I was like 12, maybe somewhere 12, 13, somewhere around that, I started doing a very brief Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning shift, like 9 to 12. I'd go in and help my uncle do the set up the papers because we still sold papers back then. And 
and then you know bag up some rolls and then just bust tables for a couple of couple hours and then from that point on just never never stopped it went from that to fucking washing dishes to waiting to doing this fucking bar and everything and then now back in the kitchen and was that back in the days when a 17 year old could, could pour a pint oh aye, uh, yeah, yeah 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 absolutely i yeah you stay well you get taught these things early you you know you it's do. like it's, it's a good it's a good thing to learn and i've never been a, a big drinker so i never really took that much advantage of you know when i was in my teens i think it was about 15 my parents bought a wee a wee hotel another again locally 15 to 21 had this wee my parents had this wee hotel and don't get me wrong we did we did I did drink back then, but um, certainly didn't probably take advantage, advantage of it of, the way that yeah, other folks that I know yeah. in the same situation did, you know what yeah. I mean? But then, like, they're a fucking mess now, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably best I didn't. Mm. See, what, what is it you do now? You're a brewer. Yeah. That was like... I make beer. You make beer. I make beer. What's and your I beer called? The beer company, the brewing company is called Air Brewing Company. And just we've got... I out just, the box. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know the funny thing is, is that there's... Like we've we've been going now for I want to say twelve years that brewery's been going right and building up and building up. Word of mouth, like a slow build, and it's really it's pop it's really popular. But one thing that's aided is is that there's never since we opened up there's never been another brewery open. There used to be one way way back in the day in here, and that was it. And then we came about, and there's just. N- We've never had local competition, which is mental. Like, I thought someone would have started up. So Air Brewing Company is the only brewery in Air, and uh, nice. possibly the best in Ayrshire, probably. I mean, there's not that many left, actually, I don't think. But He's cans. Or he is cans and bottles, bottles. And obviously casks. I don't drink right now, but well. I'll definitely partake in some and, of that shit. Yeah, okay. So we do some good stuff, man. Like, I'm... I don't, I don't drink, but I do have to taste it a lot. So I always, like, I always. Like, Where do you sell it? And we got like a wee supermarket deal. Nah, well, we've, nah, we definitely not Morrison's anymore. Like, no, right? no, <laughs> fuck them. We've only been in one supermarket, and I'm pretty sure it was Aldi. Um, seasonal, fe- yeah, seasonal yeah, beer festivals that yeah. they did. We'd get in on that occasionally. But we had a beer festival in Dunfermline recently. Actually, oh, sorry. yeah, uh, the boy for Frabbit. Oh, right, he's okay. got his own. Brewing is that right? Uh, and uh, it's like crap beer festival. It's, um, oh, there's so many of them. There is. I don't. I, I'm a tenants man, heart to heart. And it's. I just. Fair I just enough. drink lager. Yeah. I'm not. I don't appreciate like strong stouts or lemony yeah. rhubarb like and custard tasting. Yeah, yeah. I do not get it. I used nah, to work in a enough. pub that sold a lot of it, and like kind of when Brewdog kicked off and Aye. all that. I just don't get it. I'd rather just drink a pint of tenants. I, I, you know I mean, mean, I was always more spirit orientated when I drank, certainly when I drank. So yeah. sorry, but the, I, I do, I, I, I appreciate it more now that I make it. I yeah. suppose it'd be the, you'll you know, see the heart that goes into it. As well. I, and it, it's really good fun. It's probably the, my favorite job I've ever had. What, it's, I, it's it was like an old school way of doing it. You do. I, I mean, yeah. it's all, nothing's really changed in brewing. I don't think apart from the fact, obviously, you know, there's a lot more rules and regulations in uh, terms of, cleanliness and stuff like uh, that now and, and um, ABV all that shit you have to be really spot on I think you've got point two of a difference either side so you could say like ah, it's a 4% beer but if it's 4% 4.1 or 4.2 yeah. you'll get away with yeah. um, I think I'm saying that now <laughs> I fucking end up getting the place shut down or something <laughs> but, um, and that's the other thing I love it I've been doing it a few years now but I still don't really know that much about it you know what I mean I just I know what I'm supposed to do and I guess that's the, I think I approach most things that way. I'm like, you know, I'm not coming home and reading up on B 
beer making techniques because the boss does he's yeah. he's in charge of all the recipes and all the i'm just effectively his um you know muscle yeah <laughs> and you're saying as well you are you're starting to a new job soon mm. about the working in a authentic an authentic Rome. roman pizza place yeah. so i've gone from the job i've got now apart from the brewing is a work in a kitchen is effectively a kind of a glorified KP or a second a sous chef or something, right? But I've worked, I've done that job for years and years. You know, it's not, I, I haven't gone through college and stuff to call myself a chef, but I have done enough on the ground. I went to work, college, but, I don't call myself a chef. No, it's uh, like, it's all about the job. It's all about doing the work. And I have, you know, I, I'm, I'm passionate about cooking. I really am. Well, I fucking love need. cooking. There's people that have got all the degrees in the world, but are like Aye. shit. Yeah, exactly. You it's like, mean? you can't teach some of the stuff no. that you get in a kitchen. That's, no, especially, I was like, I used to work for a company called Meat Hammer. They used to have Aye, uh, yeah, nice and sleazy. Yeah, nice and sleazy. Uh, I remember that. One and done firm one. Okay. And it was like an underground kitchen and it was like the the passion and the love that went into that food aye. is so like you know what I mean? And that's aye, what makes level. a kitchen yeah, absolutely, and a aye. chef, not something like, oh yeah. Yeah, just Googled the recipe, got it, it breaks. Throwing stuff in it. Got the meat food booker, yeah. The, the guy that I work with is, you know, he's meticulous about what he puts out. He wants everything to look a certain way, he wants everything to and taste a certain that's way, good. that's the way yeah. it should be. So my main part of my job in that place is making pizzas. And I've now got a, a new job in another place making pizzas, and it, it, but the there's a there's a slight difference. <laughs> I'm not I'm not worried about it because I'll, you know, I'll pick it up pretty quickly. But I've been making like Neapolitan style pizzas, which is the big crusts. I've been doing right. that. I've been doing that since I was fucking, you know, in my early teens. Yeah. And now I'm going into a Roman pizza place, and Roman pizza is a thin. lot more thin and yeah. sauce more to the edge and stuff, and just a wee bit of crust, not puffed up or anything. Yeah. So. I'm gonna have to, gonna have to make sure I don't start. Do these guys put banana on pizza then. Oh man, no. Let's have an argument. Let's have a fucking argument. Honestly, man, I... mushrooms don't go on pizzas. Okay, <coughs> mushrooms can mushrooms, mushrooms can, can fuck go on off. anything. Yeah, correct. Okay? Mushrooms shouldn't go on anything. Why pineapple and why banana? You're very passionate, and I'm passionate, but you right. shouldn't be passionate. Right. I know, right? So see, there's a thing like it's probably a lot to do with me being a dick. Right? <laughs> I will admit that. There's also an element of it that. Is I'm a I'm a stoner like I, I appreciate the the smoking weed right so when I smoke which is you know like when when I you know not every time I smoke because then I'd be a fat bastard because I smoke every day but the pineapple and pepperoni pizza is an exquisite combination right is it no it, it is right trust me <laughs> the saltiness and the sweet it's just if you like that I've got I'm very much like I'll sit and eat like dairy milk chocolate with salt and vinegar crisps you know like a like savory and sweet happening at the same time it's a it's a palate thing like it's it's literally like that's and it took me years to be comfortable with it because obviously i've got a lot of folk being scottish italian i've got a lot of friends and family that are italian and they're all like you absolute fucking dirty bastard what are you doing there's a bad for scottish and italian they've got common sense you don't put pineapple <laughs> on pizza man right i know i, like, I know I know that you see don't, but watch. see when you do, orders, it's really you nice. Like, you get looked like, see when somebody comes in my restaurant and orders mm -hmm. a, like a Hawaiian pizza, I yeah. look at them like they're a nonce or something. I just, I, I hate it. I hate it, man. That's fair enough. The other day you're feeling some bananas. The banana so, one, yeah. that's, that's, that wasn't for me to be fair, but I did make it. And then yeah. the next day. It looked day, nice, that's the thing. But see if you told me that was like, I don't know, a vegetable or something, or like a really dried, I don't know. But when you, when you wrote banana, I'm like. See when you put, banana on if you cook banana in general i suppose under that intense heat it 
it's got this really nice caramelization that doesn't talk. Still try to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> Making it sound like, uh, no. you know, like Michelin star pizza. Yeah. Um, aye, I, I totally agree that it shouldn't, ha- it shouldn't work. <laughs> But for my palate, and that's all that matters to me is that it does. Yeah. The banana thing, I don't know if I I, I would have tried it if if my you know my, it was for Anthony that's the boss in the brewery. I made it for him. If and he did offer me a slice, but I was like, you're all right, you enjoy it. <laughs> but I have had it before. We have right. eaten it before. In fact, we used to make it in the old cafe years and years ago. It was called the Pizza Maryland, <laughs> chicken, bacon, and banana. Right. Chicken, uh, bacon, and banana. Chicken, bacon, and banana. And, uh, you know, like, there's a reason that I put those photos on Twitter. To get a reaction for cunts like me. Well, that, <laughs> that's the main reason for posting anything on Twitter, right? But the main reason is, is that Twitter is the social media uh, platform that I have the least amount of Italian friends and family on. Uh, Most right. of them are on Facebook, some are on Instagram. Instagram. Um, what about TikTok? You're quite the wee TikTok sensation these days, eh? Ah, fucking nah, Five thousand we... followers, mate. Is it five thousand? <laughs> Honestly, man, I've never broken a thousand followers on any other platform, and I've yeah. been trying. I've been on social media since fucking MySpace. Yeah. And I've never. I don't know how many I had on MySpace, but uh, like Facebook. Is it Twitter... something you try? You aim for? Are you just kind of because you're just nah. naturally doing it anyway? I'm you know doing, what I mean? I, I just like to keep my mind active with stuff that yeah. involve. You know, like Instagram, I get heavy into it at the start because I could post my art. And Instagram's great because it. it's photos. It's great. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best place I've found for selling paintings. There is that, yeah. That, I think Twitter was good. I think Twitter had its feet like seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's totally it's, fucked It's out. totally dead Totally now, fucked yeah. I mean, And folk are just getting in trouble with it because there's tweets that are like, and I see if I, I'm, I'm going to get caught one day. Somebody's going to screenshot something I said in 2015 oh, and be like, you're getting outed. Yeah, I know. And some I'm of the fucked. shit was, Yeah, I, I know. Occasionally, like, memories on Facebook sometimes come I up know, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Holy fuck, mate, Some of the, the conversations you used to like have back, back and forth. Oh, and I'm like, I, I should actually go back and nah, clean my Just clean the slate, but nah, t- the TikTok, it, it was... It That's how I found out who you were. Is that right? Somebody, I don't know who it was. It might have been a, I don't know, I think it was maybe Dragon or something. He liked something. Right, on okay. a, But I don't have TikTok. Right, okay, I'm, I'm not aye. 12. Ah, yeah, no, that's, that's a constant, that's a <laughs> and, constant thing, man. I'm constantly aware of that. I'm sure it was, you put a video on, because you share your reels on Twitter aye, and that. Yeah, it was just you. It was... Can that thing you do with the... Scrolling just scrolling the, the painting going around. The head aching just so, yeah. Aye. <laughs> And you're just like chatting shit with this one thing, and I was just like howling. Like I don't even understand what he's saying, but the way you're just ripping it, you're not even yeah. you're not even ripping into it. You're just like, this is why this is like that, and I can't mind. I find it really really funny, oh, and then that's sure, what man. made me like look into stuff, Aye. and then ended up buying that um, oh uh, the blue sky one with the post-it note. Aye, yeah. yeah. That's so that's that's, that's fucking... hanging in my room, right? And I've got like this big my living was like a museum yeah. of like music and Amazing. then your painting's just kind of somewhere in the middle because it, it fits perfectly fantastic man. and really uh, Volko was going to what the fuck is that and I'm like <laughs> I was like oh it's a painting done by yeah. a guy again and uh, I, but what is it I was like oh it's a blue sky with, yeah, a cl- uh, with the sun but it's a post-it note yeah. but why <laughs> Exactly. I, I don't know why. Like out of all the paintings you had available at the time, that was the one that I was wanted, the one and I really, really liked it. I don't know why. I really appreciate um, that, man. Is I love painting post-it notes. It's one of the few things. Where's one, Doug? I know he's cutting about somewhere. Hey, there's post-it notes is one of so yeah. Cute. The puppy is the puppy cute. is active. He's awake now. Um, the post-it note thing is one of the. There's been a few kind of whatever you want to call it motifs, <clears throat> or that that I've. Um, 
that I've done over the years that I, I very rarely repeat myself what I hate doing too many things or too too many of the one thing, right? But with the post-it note thing, it became, I've got the first, the first two that I ever did were, I mean, they look kind of like post-it notes, but it wasn't until I switched to that, those were acrylic paint. And it wasn't until I switched to oil paint that I, I really started to kind of oh, figure out the, you know, making them look realistic. That was, that became the, that became my fucking entire reason for living for a while was yeah. to, to try and make a, to paint a realistic looking post-it note. And I, 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 I feel like I've done it. You know that for me. I appreciate yeah. that. That one in particular, that, that there's that one and there's one that I did called, um, unfinished due to retraining and the post-it note on it says Tories don't deserve art and it was just around that time that the fucking government was saying you should go and retrain if you're in the arts the fucking scumbags and um, I did this painting and the post-it note for some reason it's maybe because it's you know there was a lot of passion behind the painting yeah yeah. (laughs) it was like an unfinished seascape with a post-it note stuck on the front and it looked like a real post-it note and at that point I'm like cool I'm done I'll move on to something else now so how long you been doing like painting for Get I took up days. painting. No, no, yeah. I took up painting in twenty, either late twenty fifteen or early twenty sixteen. And I used to, and the again back to the start, the Doctor Henry Hunter was a was the name that I used to. I used to do a bit of writing, like I used to write like blog posts, and then I started doing. I started working for an American news website at one point called World Newsvine. It was great fun, um, just bamming folk up. Well, not just bamming folk up. I was writing seriously, but it was it seemed to bam a lot of folk up, and um, I hit writer's block after I'd gone to around the time I turned thirty. So, in fact, around the time on my thirtieth birthday, <laughs> I travelled. I'm to, dreading that man. I'm like uh, a year away from it. Right? No, no, a year and a half. It's, but still, though, honestly, it's... man, I say this with uh, respect and sincerity that you be, you become a lot more aware of yourself and stuff in general when you hit 30 there's something that happens to guys when we hit 30 that i fucking loved it man like i i, I suddenly cared less about stuff which is amazing because i actually give less i gave up i didn't give that much a fuck anyway yeah. but i cared that a lot less about stuff that aren't that isn't important in your 20s were you more like harsh in yourself so I, I feel oh, like absolutely. right now i don't Aye. achieve enough yeah. to turn 30 Aye. i don't have Oh, I, kind of, I think part of starting a podcast as well because I didn't have any, any yeah. creative. I tried, yeah. but I didn't have anything. And I was like, you've not achieved enough to come through. You're just uh, a fucking tattooed cunt that goes to too many gigs. You know I know what I mean? exactly That's... what you mean. Because I spent my 20s touring with bands and helping them load their gear and setting up stage, selling the merch and not, you know, not really doing anything particularly artistic myself. What eh, bands did you go with? So Such? I started out with Sucho um, and off the back of... Was that... Like the Y Bliss days or the No, it was the um what would that have been? So that Random Acts. Just before the record the this the start of the year that Random Acts was recorded, I think. So Seven, we went out five somewhere yeah, around there, I yeah. so as I said as I said earlier, Gus wasn't even in the band yet, but he did join the band that year. So that it would have been around that time. So maybe the sec maybe the hidden perils EP, maybe. Had them pedals of dancing. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. So off off the back uh one night we came back for tour and we we go back to Dragons, uh, go back to JP's flat and we start watching some of the gig footage and other footage that I'd shot, see what it was like. Um and 
si- uh, Simon from Biffy was was came round because we'd just get back and we were all you know that was a that was our group, core group of friends. This would have been like the start of the Duke as well, yeah. This would have been the I yeah that the the Duke, yeah. I mean the Duke was getting talked about. It, they were talking about it for a while before they did it. So in terms of time, the, the time frame of it would certainly it's around around that time that they recorded the first album and the. Um, Sai gave us a lift home that night and asked if I'd go and film a couple of Biffy shows. Did so you? then, what ones? definitely did the Academy in Glasgow on the Infinity Land uh, tour. I remember that much because I remember the big drapes. That's not out, is it? That's not like released. No, or no. Now. I've got honestly, man. I've got like a, I've got a box full of mini DV tapes Aye. that feature gigs with. I've got like I've got hundreds and hundreds of hours of studio. A few Biffy gigs. Um, I've got the very first that there's a gig that happened. It was it was a, more like a dress rehearsal, I suppose you call it, for the Duke, for Marmaduke Duke, right? right? So up at Biffy's practice space, the um, we went up to watch it to watch the show before they went and played it. So it was like full on lights were all down and the boys were in their gear and it was very intense, very sweaty. It was in this tiny wee room and it was. It was me and two other guys, Dave from Farmer from Sucho and I believe Spider, who would eventually be the best player in Sucho. Stuart, yeah. Stuart Chown, I, the lovely Spider and Farmer, lovely guys. Um, so that was it. There was literally three of us watching it, and I've got that on tape. But the, that, oh, the camera started, like there was so much sweat in the room that the camera just... Condensation. Fucking, oh man, yeah. it just fucked the... So you, by the end of the gig, you're like watching it through a fucking peephole, <laughs> man. You're like, Ooh, what's happening? Um, so I've got I've got all that. It's all on mini DVs, and I've I, I keep saying that I'm going to do something with it because it will degrade, I guess, yeah, over time, yeah. or you know, like become less able to. Especially find something the to watch stuff. On. I always it's the conversation of a lot of people. It's um, underappreciated. Oh, that band, the music they put out was fucking insane. It was the the main, you know, like when I I can't even remember how it happened. I think I just offered. I had a video camera. And I think that's how a lot of bands at that 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 stage of their career get get gig footage. They've got a pal with a camera, and that's that was effectively what happened. And I knew they were going and doing this fight star thing, so I think it was like three or four days. So I went. I offered to go and do the Glasgow show. Tuts it was the first gig, and then the boys were like, "Why don't you just come for the rest of it?" And it was yeah. like another three days or something. So I went. I didn't have anything with me. I had a you know my overnight bag, maybe like one pair of pants in it or something, and fucking fresh t shirt or something, but. I had my my weed and I had my camera. For a situation too, that's all yeah. I needed. And um, so I off the back of that, I did a bit of filming for. Um, there was another band around that time called Brigade that was Charlie Simpson from Bust from Fight Stars Brothers Band. One of his brothers. Oh wait, bands. I know, yeah, yeah. They were a, a great wee band. They're still going. A wee band. That sounds so condescending. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I didn't mean that, boys. If you're listening, <laughs> I love yous. Um, I did a couple of gigs filming for them and you know eventually I just decided that I just liked to him with Sucho and so I'd, the filming fell away a wee bit and then I started just you know I'd be setting up um, the drums and you know selling the merch and just fucking hanging out just going yeah. on tour because I was you know I was in my 20, early 20s I was single and you know I, I had a job that you know it was hospitality and I didn't really care for yeah. it and Thought, well, this has been much more fun. I'll learn much more from doing this than about from anything else. Yeah, so, uh, it was great. And then it, um, 
I where was I? So the the writing thing like it culminated with me going to went to North America around my over my thirtieth birthday because Biffy were recording opposites in Santa Monica. I went there. My plan was my original plan was I'm going to go to North America. I had I set aside a week to go and hang out with Biffy. Then I was going to go to Utah to meet a pal from here, from there, a guy called Seth, lovely guy, still lives in America. And then I was going to go, after a few days, I was planning to go to the um, the Kentucky Derby, right? Because I'd met a guy when I worked in Ro- when I lived in Rome, a guy in a bar one night that we bonded over a mutual love of Hunter S. Thompson. And he was like, I'm from Kentucky. And, you know, if you ever want to come and check it out, if you're in America, come see us. You know, if you can make it for the Derby, we'll go to the Derby and drink mint juleps and whatever the drink is that they drink over there and we'll have a time. And I'm like, brilliant. So basically, you know, at that point I was, I'd done, I'd been doing quite a bit of writing anyway, like writing and online and everything. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll try and write a book or I'll try and write, you know, a bunch of stories in, um, involving this, this trip. So it was really wonderful because I ended up sacking off the other those two things like Utah and, and um, Kentucky because I went out for a I went out for a drink one afternoon with James from Biffy right because he was he'd done all his bass bits I actually planned the trip terribly because the day I got there was the day that Cy was starting doing his stuff oh, so, so the drums were recorded yeah. the bass was recorded and then I you know I saw him at night yeah and I saw him on one of the days off we went to Universal for my birthday and um, the twins birthdays and uh, so me and, you know, I hung out with the boys a lot with James and Ben and um, me and James went for a pint one afternoon in Santa Monica a couple of days before I was meant to be going, leaving. So I'd only been there just less than a week and I was telling him what I was planning and doing and it, James has, he's got this incredible way, of, he's a, an incredible person to talk to because he, he, he listens and he asks a lot of great questions. Really? Like, ah, he's, he's, I've never, I've only ever spoke to him really once. Wonderful. Like he's a very, you know, when he, He's very intent when he when he's talking. You know, he's you know you know he's listening. It's, it's a wonderful wonderful thing. And he just he asked some question. I can't remember the wording of it, but it was effectively along the lines of, you know, because I was effect. You know, I'm over there. I'm going to go to Kentucky Derby. You know, I've already you know like kind of wanted to follow Hunter S. Thompson's footsteps because he was my. It still is one of my idols. Um, and James was like, you know, you you could do your own thing. Like, and I'm like. Oh, fucking right, I could do my own thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I did, I sacked off, the. I gave up, I didn't go get the flight, I stayed in Santa Monica for one more week and then from Santa Monica I took a, a train for 35 hours up the coast to Canada to meet a friend who lived from here that was in Canada. Went and visited a few family, a few family members that I've got in Vancouver and then went to Alberta and met my pal for here and ended up going on what is best described as like a like a drug drink drug and crime binge like it was it was mental we it was mental and I came home from that with this notepad full of madness like absolute madness you know with like it was like we got our hand we had ended up with sacks and sacks of this gold from a gold mine that was robbed and we also we robbed a construction company for um, who foolishly. My friend worked for a construction company, the owners of which fled with the money. Right. So the administrators came in to strip the assets, and they stupidly asked my pal, who was one of the site foremen, 
to go around all the job sites and inventory for them. We went round all the job sites and fucking robbed them blind, man. Sold it all at pawn shops and and bought stuff with. <laughs> Partied <laughs> hard, man. Like it was mental. I came back with a, with a real issue, and um, we were thankfully no longer got. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I came home with this Madden Mad Book idea, and I started, you know, I started writing it. And within maybe four months, I'd had a kind of first draft of the book, and you know, I was liking the way it was going, kind of fleshed it out a bit, you know, tidied it up, sent it to a couple of folk. I then sent it to this one company. I can't remember the name of, of them. They were quite a small publishing house. And this guy sent me this email back. Like the whole thing was like, the it was an insult to him. Like the, the writing was terrible and the story was unbelievable. And this is a fucking outrage. That really, really negative email, um, which I didn't, I possibly now looking back, didn't react the best to <laughs> Uh, not even not just even how I spoke to him after it, but how I just hit writer's block that never ever cleared. Like I think to this day, if I was to sit and try and write a page, you can. Uh, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be out of my brain. Certainly, yeah. I could copy something, but uh, there was the fun in that, I suppose. So I sat there for a few months without any any outlet. I was playing Grand Theft Auto and smoking and just doing fuck all. Um, deleted the book. Deleted so hundred nah hundred and twenty thousand yeah. words or something. I got to and um, deleted it. My cousin's got a hard copy of it. I printed out one copy, and my cousin currently has that somewhere. But he wanted to read it, and I, I don't take it. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until a few months later that I found a box of paints that my mum had amassed. She'd done a few art classes a few years ago, a few years before this had happened, certainly. And I, I just got them out and started fucking about acrylic paint painted a wee landscape that i couldn't believe that i'd actually done like it just seemed like seemed it, it came it, it seemed not looking back it seemed really natural like it's the kind of thing that i'd wished had happened with every attempt at learning a musical instrument i think you're not musical in any oh way. man I, like I, I i've got i can I can sing, right? I've done a lot of backing vocals actually on sexual stuff. Have oh, you? Aye, yeah, yeah. You can hear it. You can hear it in some of them, and yes, dragon stuff as well. Um, a few really great, a few really great sessions with them for that kind of thing. But I tried when I was a kid. I had drum lessons when I was maybe like ten or eleven. Yeah, I was, you know, I can, I can, th- I can hit some drums and keep time for a wee bit. Yeah, not great on the guitar. Uh, tried everything because I wanted. I think as everyone does, like. If you could, if anyone, I think, not even just artists, right, but from an artist's point of view, if I could pick to be anything, and I think most artists would agree, most non-musical artists would choose music. Yeah. I think, like, it just seems it's like... It's a good, out, it's a good output of, like, yeah, it's like, a, it's like giving a part of yourself. Yeah. It's the a, most important a art. format. It's, to know, me, certainly, format. I mean, it's the most, like, there's no, I, I doubt there's any any musicians sitting looking at paintings writing songs you know what i mean whereas yeah i can't paint without listening to music it just doesn't well, do you fucking interest me fucking everything. everything right well if, to, it depends what i'm working on which yeah. sounds weird right but if I, I like it to be familiar so i do kind of listen to a lot of the same stuff if i'm if i need to zone in on something if i'm just in the studio fucking about like throwing paint about and seeing what happens 
I'll listen to anything. Is that what happened with your, you know, the stuff you've been selling recently? The one I bought? The drawings. The drawings. Ah, uh, yeah. Which that... has been described to me as Quentin Blake style. I, I appreciate yeah, that. I was yeah. actually going for Ralph Steadman, but I have heard Quentin Blake as it well. It looks like, yeah, yeah, I showed it to a friend. I was like, that was like the country of the twits. Yeah, I appreciate that because <laughs> like, I'll take in, like, I take in, you know, when you see stuff. And this is, this becomes a real, this has been a real talk point, even on, especially on TikTok, because I talk about plagiarism a lot on TikTok. Um, and I've got a real issue with it, but I do also know that you take things There's a in, difference between plagiarism and inspiration. Yeah, exactly. And that's a kind exactly. of, I mean, it's a grey area and yeah. a fine line, but I yeah. think you're on the right side of it. I know, I appreciate that. I do, you know, I, I mean, thankfully the way I work sometimes, the stuff, the stuff that I paint, and this isn't even I'm meant to be a compliment to myself, but I don't think that many folk would, would want to paint. <laughs> Some things that are just like, like during lockdown, I went round the house in the old house and painted all the radiators because they needed a lick of paint. Yeah. The day after I'd finished doing it, I'm like, I need to fucking paint a radiator onto a canvas. So I painted the radiator onto the canvas and my wife's like, you need to, you need to, you need to focus more on the paintings that yeah. folk want to buy. Yeah. I posted it online. Someone fucking bought it instantly. Really? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, to my wife, fucking told you, you need to trust the process down. So now she doesn't question it because every time she does, the painting sells, which is hilarious. But so some, like, because I like to paint stuff that just interests me, like, I, I guess it's, um, it's not so much an issue. But when it comes to things like the drawings and I'm like, well, even the, the writing on it is lifted it's just, from Ralph yeah, Steadman because bro, it's impossible. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the, the TikTok, the TikTok comments, bro, fucking. Bro. Is, that, is that what that stems from? I, TikTok uh, comments. I guess it's probably maybe just internet comments, but I started seeing it loads on TikTok. Folk been like, uh, you know, like, do you get a lot of interaction? Also, I don't have TikTok. Do you get a lot of interaction? Yeah. On it? Like just folk commenting on your folk, shit. Folk asking, asking brilliant questions about art, folk yeah, asking brilliant want. questions about artists and getting me getting to talk about stuff that I know. But most importantly for me, I think with the TikTok experience that I've had is when folk ask me about something that I don't know and I get to read about it and form some opinions and let them, you know, talk to them about it yeah. because, because I'm learning. Sometimes I'm well. I mean, that doesn't happen all the time. Obviously, sometimes I'm well aware of the, you know, the stuff's quite mainstream of that. But sometimes folk ask me about maybe photographers or sculptors, and because those things aren't something that I'm very knowledgeable on, uh, you know, I like to read up on it. So I, I'm learning all the time with it. But the so I do get a lot of interaction. I get more, as I said, you know, I get more, I get more out of TikTok than I've got out of any social media. I really? think. And it, it pained me at the start because I'm like, like you said earlier, I'm like, that's a fucking kid's art. Purely because I used to work in a, a restaurant like four years ago and mm -hmm. there was a girl who had her phone at the end of a table mm -hmm. and she was doing this dance. And to me, I've always associated TikTok with, because this is another yeah. thing as well. Artists are making songs deliberately for TikTok. Yeah. One of them being Bring Me The Horizon, I think. Right. I love them, one of my favourite yeah, okay. bands, but yeah. a lot of their stuff's just, I believe a lot of it's going, right, this is going to be a great snippet for yeah. a for a 10-second yeah. TikTok. And yeah, I, mean, I just, sense. I know, TikTok is just a shite Vine, in my opinion. Vine was the best thing in the world. 100%, I, loved I fucking it. loved Vine. Uh, I was heavy that, onto Vine. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't do anything, I just, fucking fold cunts yeah, and I loved it, it but six great. seconds that was it yeah, that's all you got absolutely uh, right. but I've never I, and I will be I don't know if it's out of uh, what's the word bitterness or just like self fucking I don't know but I will never get TikTok I will no, watch views on Instagram Aye. I will watch views on YouTube it's but will I get enough. TikTok no. no it's fair enough and I'd advise you not yeah. to because it fucking does it take up your day, day does it like I, it can 
I mean, it can pass time like like that. It can pass time crazy. Um, fortunately, I'm quite busy. <laughs> so I, I, I have Being brief... a painter, a brewer, a chef. Oh, a busy house. A dog owner. Fucking dogs and animals. Uh, I've got a hamster upstairs. Get the, you know, like, we've got the kids and my jobs and trying to find time to paint all the time. And not all the time. Cause Where's I'm, your studio about? My studio is... Um, so it's at the other end of the high street from the, so it'd be like, you know, a 15 minute walk for here. Right. It's, um, it's in a, it's on a, a nice old bridge going over to, between the high street and the other side of the, over the water. Yeah. It's, um, Did you just rent it, I take it? Aye, yeah, I rent, I've been renting this space maybe for, I, I had a brief break that I had to give it up. So maybe from 2017 to 2019 I had it and then gave it up for a year and then had to get it back i had to figure out a way to get it back because i was painting what was the spare room in a roadhouse and then the kids needed their own rooms which is obviously completely fine yeah and i'm like well i need to get i need to get somewhere to paint just now, be selfish so. no you can know, share. No, I share your rooms like dave needs to paint the artist at work yes thankfully i'm not that precious about these things but the i, I just knew that i needed the studio back because i worked better in a room that i'm i don't worry about the carpets and stuff because yeah. the place is fucked yeah um you're, but, uh, you're colorblind as well. I'm colorblind. In what sense are colorblind? So, um, definitely, like red, green, I really struggle with. Um, but the confuse a lot of blues, which I never read. Obviously, it's, that's not an issue. Yeah. Blue, blue, having issues with blues, I guess, isn't an issue unless you're a painter. Do you because... reckon you'd be a different art? Well, and that's a dark question. I was going to see if you'd be a different artist without it, but. Yeah. You would be, I suppose, but it's not, that's just natural to you, isn't it? So. Exactly. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to know how it, how much it affects what I do. I think I, I, it's a weird one. It's a very weird one. But the I think it would definitely make life easier if I wasn't. But the, there's a, there's some colours that are, you know I can you know pink and grey look exactly the same. Like it's so weird. Like. Something could be hot pink, and I, I think it's grey. Like, a, and I never noticed that until, you know, probably I was definitely an adult. You know, when I was a kid, I knew that red and green just I couldn't I couldn't make out the difference. But you, you know, ever diagnosed with it? Was that just yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah? I went to you do those. You ever had the test? No, you can do them online, right? And I, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, trying to get my pals to do it and thinking how mental it was. And they looked, at me, it's not a big deal, man. We can see the fucking numbers. So yeah. it's basically like, it's like drawings of coloured pebbles, right. and within within the the pebbles, there's like a number. It's always a number. So you could be looking at this thing, and you know, like it's very obviously a three. And then they get gradually harder. So by I think so, it's like I think it's ten ten. Uh, photos or 10 pictures and i think i can maybe see the first two and then uh, it just descends into fucking one thing right so when i was i think it was probably in i was under i think it was under 10 when i found out and it wasn't it's never really been that i mean it's it's an issue with stupid things like fifa like with me <laughs> like so me and the boys play fifa regular or as regular as adults can like so we try and get together a couple of times a month and um you know sit and shoot the shit and play fifa all night Who's the best at FIFA? Well, I, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to give him any fucking air time. <laughs> no, it's my, co- my cousin, my cousin John. Um, he's unfortunately, he's been playing it longest. Like we were all pro Evo, me and the boys. Evo. We were really? pro Evo, aye, we were. It was a better football game for a while. It was better. <laughs> 
But the buttons, obviously, like JV knows, John knows the knows more about FIFA. He's been playing it since he was like fucking eight or something. But um, we we have very close contests to be fair. But sometimes he's unfucking beatable. He went on a streak that lasted like maybe three or four nights, like over the course of a couple of months. Yeah, we'd turn up and we're like, "Fucking get you tonight, man!" And he'd spank everyone else like twice, and we'd go home raging. And then you know finally get the get the beat on him at some point, but the um, we can't do like two on two. We have to play one on one because oh yeah, the fucking the wee coloured icons uh, above the head. Right. Man, I can't you fucking can't, tell yeah. the difference because because there's so many other colours going on on yeah, the screen. Yeah, it's just too confusing for me. So my colour blindness, the main thing that affects is us not getting to do two on two i mean in, <laughs> in hindsight and retrospect that's yeah, really not that not bad eh? deal, especially because i deal with color and yeah. know, paint and stuff but i just don't mix colors that much and if i have to i try and mix loads of it so yeah. that i've got it if i need it so what's your kind of thing going forward are you still going to do these drawings yeah the drawing the drawing thing started because i wanted to do you know i wanted to be able to do something in the house so I didn't have to go to the studio if I, you know, if I wanted to scratch my itch for the day, but I didn't have a painting set up to work on and I couldn't be bothered walking to the studio to then prep a canvas, which takes ages. Well, ages. I mean, you can speed it up with a hairdryer, but I stretch my own canvas. So I need to, there's a lot of process. If I've got the urge to do something artistic, I'm, I cannot, I cannot go to the studio and start building a canvas and then gessoing it, painting it up and getting it all ready to paint on. Um, because it takes too long, even if it takes like two hours for everything to dry and be ready. So that's two hours that I could have just been now sitting drawing. Or because I've never drawn, I'm not, I'm not. Like, I don't even draw my paintings out. Like until recently, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't draw anything on the canvas. I just you drew that painting. big one you did. Mind that video you put up kind of recently in uh, oh, the, the center. Aye, the one at the the local gallery. Yeah, aye, I had, yeah, I had to that. Yeah, I had to draw. I had to, that, yeah, I mean, it was technically drawn, but what, yeah. you know, like, there was nothing detailed about it. It was just literally the outline of the rock and the horizon, really. Is but that still it, there? Apparently. Apparently. I haven't been up in ages. Like, yeah. I, no, I, I don't get up as much as I used to to that gallery. David and, Houston. Oh, <laughs> no. Aww. Leave it, leave it. New wee silly sausage. <laughs> He's been doing that actually. He's been chewing my, my phone wire as well. And I'm like, you're going to absolutely fucking either electrocute yourself or ruin my charger or this lovely wire. So if you're fucking stepdaughter to come home, well, you had a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, did, we had the best present yeah. in the world for you. <laughs> Fried himself on a wire. Um, oh man, he's so cute. He it's is. ridiculous. It's been the best. Last couple of days have been great. I've been, uh, haven't even taken my sertraline. <laughs> Just been sitting playing my puppy. <laughs> um, bye. So the that apparently it's still there. I haven't I haven't seen it for a bit. But somebody, I think I said in that I did post a video that my uncle made for me of uh, of me painting it. And in that video, I did say somebody did stick something to it that wasn't supposed to be stuck to it because that painting's based on the the whole process or the whole point of it was the the post-it notes. So. It's meant to be interactive. Folk are meant to go up. There's a pile of post-it notes next to it at any one time. You can draw on it and stick your post-it you note yeah. to the... So I'm, that's what it's for. But someone stuck a fucking football-related sticker oh, to it. Oh, for fuck's sake, And it peeled man, off yeah. paint and everything. Like Seriously. You, you just can't take People it. Some dicks, folk man, anywhere. Yeah. I know. 
fucking Rangers sticker as well. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fucking, I, I, I guarantee I probably know who it was as well. <laughs> you probably fucking did it on purpose. How, how did you get beat up in Australia? Oh, what man. It's oh, a right, story. That's, that's right. You that's the name it. of that fucking painting. That's yeah. the name of that painting, by the way. Well, <laughs> I got not, beat up in I Australia. Get, yeah, I got battered senseless in Australia. No, actually, I think I'm just going to call that one Australia because it's too long. I recently put it up in an exhibition and I just called it Australia. Um, so the my first day in Australia, first full day in Australia, the, the, the arrival to which I'd actually already had a nightmare with the, the customs guy at the airport told me that he found traces of heroin in my wash bag. <laughs> and it took me until I was an older guy to realise that more like obviously there was no hair on no wash bag i'd like to put that out <laughs> never touch the stuff right but um i was a, i was i'd been quite unwell before i left i'd had the, the actual flu it's in bed I've not come down no <laughs> that, that i was like 18 i was still an athlete in the um fucking was this in your peak goalie days aye yeah well believe it or not i actually never played in goals when i was when i played football like i only took up goalkeeping recently learned it all on instagram for real. You learned on Instagram. I learned everything. I was what? playing last night. You know, like everything that I, I was playing last night. I had a great, I had a decent game. Um, although the first thing that happened, somebody fucking jammed one right in the top corner. And I got half my hand to it and I still didn't manage to save yeah. it. So, but I, that, that's, that's a side point. But the, um, went to Australia, get, like, I was a dick to the guy basically because I was, I just couldn't be fucked dealing with folk. Like I'd been on a, I think it was like the first the first flight was like 19 hours and then the second one straight off the back of it with an hour in between was like nine hours so it was a long day being unwell and um he just asked the wrong questions and i gave the wrong answers because i was a, a wee dick and he taught he taught me a lesson that i, I never forget <laughs> accusing me of taking drugs through uh, international borders but so i'd not had a great start and the next day i woke up and i'm like all i could think about was Australia's got Subway and we, we didn't at the time, right? And I'd had Subway the year before because I'd worked in America and I knew that Australia had it and I'm like, I'm fucking going for one of those meatball sandwiches again, man, because I'd thought about it for like nine months since I'd last had one. So I go to the Subway round from the hostel that I was staying in and I get to, hey little man, um, I get to the, I've got my sandwich, I'm heading back to the hostel and I encounter a group of, a group of guys in the city centre, I'm standing at a crosswalk or whatever you call it, crossing, and this fucking, this, I hear this noise, man, this fucking guy in my ear barking like a dog, like he's barking right in my ear, I thought the guy was about to fucking bite my ear off, so, and I, I'm, a, again, let's like say that I'm a very peaceful guy, like, but, you know, I felt really threatened, and from all I could tell, it was just this one fucking idiot trying to bam me up, so... I tried to ignore it, waiting for the fucking green man so I could pretty much start running. <laughs> and he fucking get like a, a, like a, not that he bit me, but I felt my earlobe pretty much go into his mouth. So at that point, I just fucking pulled my head back and reacted and fucking slammed my forehead right against the bridge of his nose uh. and put, he went down like a fucking accordion. It was hilarious, just folded. <laughs> and I'm like, so like, fuck me, man. Like just like trying to cross the road, but the cars, I tried to get out of the situation as quick as possible after I'd done that. Cause I felt, I mean, I felt terrible and it hurt. I don't know if you've ever stuck the nut in someone, but that, that hurt, man. <laughs> really, it, it kind of sucked. And um, and I didn't want to hang about until he got up, certainly. But the next thing I know, I fucking come to. I come around on the ground. Like, no idea what had happened. I fucking 
a like I'd fa- I, I fainted once before and it was a similar it felt the Feeling. same like I'd woke up and I'm like fuck happened there there's these guys all standing around me um, helping me up and they were like oh mate the, the guy that you hit like you had like there was a gang of them like there was five of them behind you and they fucking set upon you once <laughs> once really? you've done that to their pal hi and fucking battered me battered me like it knocked me out and the first thing that I remember saying to the guy was like you know where's my fucking sandwich <laughs> and the guy with the saddest face like it was like he was like mate they stole your sandwich and I'm like the way he said it man yeah. <laughs> it was so deep it was so, <laughs> like, so harrowing <laughs> like absolutely exactly I it was like the worst thing they could tell oh, mate mate they stole your sandwich so uh, I then just gathered my shit up my shit just pulled myself off the ground and you didn't steal your phone or your wallet didn't have a phone this was like two i had i mean don't get me wrong i had a brick of a phone that i had for emergencies but this was like 2001 so it wasn't like i didn't carry it around with me it was in my suitcase back at the hostel and i only had really enough i had some change in my pocket after the subway but i didn't have much money on me so they just took what they what they saw and that happened i didn't i don't wear jewelry so i didn't have anything like that and also not sure that it would have happened if I hadn't nutted the guy, if I'd have just waited for the, gr- yeah, the green man. Some guy's got your ear in his mouth. Fucking no yeah, chance. That's, I did not want yeah. to end up like Evander Holyfield. So, um, but I went back to the hostel and explained what happened to the boys. And we did we, we, did, <laughs> we did go walking around to see if we could see them, but I, could, I had to walk past them in the street and not fucking knowing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I had no chance. So. Unless you tried to lick your ear. I know, exactly. Yeah. I can smell that breath. <laughs> I recognise that breath. So I, that was my first day in Australia, and it just didn't get much better. We got, like, a few nights. A few, I, 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 I don't like it. I, I will never go back to Australia because I had... I've, I've heard it's wonderful, but I've had, I had such a bad experience. We get... We get into we get into again. Honestly, this sounds like um you know I get into fights. Like it's honestly, a handful of times it's happened my entire life in this town. Mostly got away from from stuff like you know quick, but <laughs> but in Australia it just seemed to happen. A guy walked past us. We were sitting outside the hostel, and none of me and my pals. None, one of them was a Rangers fan. One of them was a Celtic fan. And um, you know I grew up I grew up on the Celtic side of things, but I'm not that passionate about it. But we had a we had a friend from here that played for Celtic. So he used to get his loads of Celtic stuff. And he got my pal for his birthday, a Celtic top. We all, it was an Alan Stubbs game worn. Celtic top was my pal's favourite player. And uh, he's wearing that outside this hostel in Australia. He's there smoking cigarettes. I didn't smoke at the time, but this guy asked for a cigarette. And my pal was like, nah, I can't. It was cigarettes for here, like Regal King size or something. And he's like, I can't. They're, you know, they're precious. <laughs> I've only got three left or whatever. And the guy out of fucking nowhere just went, oh, you fucking Fenian bastard, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. And we're, we're all sitting there, like, even my Rangers supporting friend was like, did you just, did you just say Fenian? Yeah. Like, did we just come fucking halfway acro- across the world to get called something that we get called yeah. walking down the street in the air? Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up like that. I the world's travelled that far. Honest, ah, honestly, man, it was... Um, it was absolutely mad. We couldn't believe it. So we ended up boxing around the side of the hostel. Like, I'm just like, I need to get the fuck out of this country, man. Like, this is like, I've been there, at that point, I'd been there about three weeks and I'd been in about three or four spots of bother. Uh, Only two of which got that one and the subway the subway sandwich one were particularly violent. The rest of them were just kind of handbags. But, you know, you're kind of like, it's a short space of time for a lot of things to be happening. So I ended up leaving after like three and a half weeks. Just fucking got on a plane and came home. How long you meant to be there for? 
had I had a I had a kind of open ended ticket, but I also had a job to go to back and I worked at a camp in America in two thousand and two thousand and one. So I knew that I had to be back home to get to America by I think the May or June, I think. So I had a few months that I was willing to spend in Australia, travel across the desert and go to the other coast, but I was like, nah, absolutely fucking not, man. Come home, never return. And I never have, and that's mostly financial, but ultimately also I just wouldn't. I just, there's better places that I'd There's also go. fucking subways in your show now, eh? Exactly, so, yeah, exactly. The I whole don't have to travel that far, yeah. To get a meatball sandwich. I know, and it was, I didn't even get to eat it. <laughs> Uh, I think we kind of covered everything. Like, is there anything you want to chat about? No, man. I can't nah. about fucking anything. Um, nah, I mean, that's... Apart from being a big goalie. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I do, like... The, I love football. I've always loved football. I've always loved playing football more than I've loved watching it. I'll watch things like World Cups and Champions League finals, but, you know, that that kind of sitting watching a random league game, yeah. you know, it's never been my bag. Yeah. But playing it, you know, I... I gave it up a bit when I was younger because my knees sort of went and I got into fucking, you know, weed and touring. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got no time for this, man. I, I think want to you party. don't tour anymore then, no? No, you don't do no, anything. no. The last time I went on tour, luckily, obviously, with, you know, with Simon being my, my very dear friend, I've, I get to go away sometimes on occasion with Biffy in a very non-work capacity and a very much a hanging about capacity which is great um because i mean i wouldn't know where to start working where where production that's the size of biffy's yeah. tours these days but i went away i mean it, actually it's probably about 10 years ago now we went did some european shows with them then uh, got my puzzle piece tattooed on their bus Kev, Kev for lucky cat came out and Oh wait, guy, Kev's told me. Oh, yeah, he's a legend, he went out man. to. Yeah, I was with him a few weeks ago. Is that right? Yeah, amazing. I'm dying to get back to him, man. I yeah. just can't afford it because of this puppy. I know. He's <laughs> chewing up all my money. Um, but Kevin came out, so we're kind of a couple of days each. We shared actually. Sorry, so I was out for a few days. Then Kev came and we were together a couple of days, and then I left and he went on for a few days. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a fucking great fun time. Actually, we get. Get right into that too. It was brilliant. And I Kev gave me a tattoo there in northern Italy somewhere right. on the bus. And he finally got my puzzle piece. You just got chest tattoos and body. Yeah, I've yeah. I've kinda I'm I'm very kinda just wee wee bits and King pieces. Ralph. I King fucking Ralph, love that. Man. That's that. brilliant. That wee one there, me and my pal did to each other. He's got one and I've got one. All right. His his looks terrible. Like I did it on him and I'm yeah. not uh, it was the first tattoo I'd ever given anyone. I've got Hunter S. Thompson, I've got a fringe thing, I've got got a bunch, got my sutural one. <laughs> What's your sutural? Just the sutural logo. Oh, is that what just says sutural pedal? My first ever tattoo. Yeah. So it was, but the um I so when I if I do get to go away now, it's something like going away for a couple of days and you know, hanging out with the boys. Yeah. Rather than going away and financially destroying myself and, yeah. and not eating and you know, all, all the stuff that went with it. I couldn't do it these days, not even just with the time stuff. I just don't have the the capacity for it anymore yeah. i think it's hopefully one day dragon does some sort of touring in whatever band honestly man i um i just want anyone out there that's a sutro fan to know that there is someone trying to get a sutro reunion aye you, aye, me, aye, on, yeah every yeah, time i see any yeah, of them like, yeah <laughs> well not every time i see drags because i see them a lot and i wouldn't want to bore them but i have been trying it is one of those things like there's not there's i know a handful of people that are quite passionate about that band and yeah. it's one of those ones like 
when if if they do ever do something, the love they'll get for it is oh, 100%, you know what I mean. I mean, it's kind of limited in a sense in terms yeah. of like the but the people that love them love aye. them. Oh, you know what I mean. And I was aye. so annoyed. I never got into them to like twenty fourteen. So they're already done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I seen medals. I got to, uh, and then I spoke to Dragon afterwards. He was like, "Yeah, I was." And then I knew I knew like silhouettes and like kid gloves and that. Aye. And he's he's like, oh, I was in a band situation. I was like, never heard of them. And then I first thing River of Blood came up oh, on um, YouTube. Last album. And then I and then it just was a total goldmine just mm. finding everything. And then the day I the day I got paid agency, I heard that for the first time. I was oh, like, fuck. Fucking. And, and it's it's frustrating as fuck that they're. They're nowhere near as appreciated as I know, they should be. And it was frustrating at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it was frustrating think, at the time. I mean, I wasn't around at the time, but obviously, Biffy were just on that. Aye. Oh, the, the trajectory yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, the, like, it, the funny thing is, though, let's see when you were being, being in, in it at the time with Biffy becoming the band that they did. Obviously, I mean, I, 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 I mean, they're fucking one of the greatest bands of all time. Like, and I'll, I'll hear no arguments against it, right? But, <laughs> Go back to like, you know, when Biffy were still doing things like maybe bar fly shows and, and support get tours and stuff. Um, there was a few bands that were kind of predicted to be, or everyone thought were going to be massive. That, well, Aerogram. Well, Aerogram should have been. Yeah. Um, but no, more like, like 100 Reasons and, and um, Million Dead and, and bands like that. Are you heard um, Frank Turner's other band, Mongo Horde? There's a conversation about oh, somebody recently because Million yeah. Dead are brilliant. Mm hmm. Frank Turner's alright. It's not my thing. Mongo Frank Horde Turner, is like Million Dead. But I really have heard I it love Million Dead until though. literally heard about it whenever it was. Listened to it one day, and I've not thought about it until right, right now when you've yeah, said their name. Yeah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's wild, but they actually see the band that Frank Turner tours with. The Sleeping Souls. The Sleeping Souls. Yeah, well, the drummer is the no. The guitarist in Sleeping Souls mm -hmm. is the guitarist in Mongo Horde, and the drummer from Million Dead. Is, that right? is the drummer for Mongo Horde and oh. uh, Frank's just a, a frontman? Yeah, no, Amazing. no, no, no that. Yeah. Well, the Sleeping Souls used to be a band called Dive Dive. Ah. They were brilliant. Oh, yeah, got, okay. The first album, uh, Tilting at Windmills, I think it's called, is brilliant, man. There's a couple of songs on that that I've still fuck, that are still in. You know, I still listen to. Uh, Throw me off the plane in particular is just wild, man. It's yeah. a wild song. I fucking love it. Um, and Sucho toured with them a couple of times. They were really, really nice guys. But I've just never, I've just never really, uh, yeah, like Turner stuff. It's, I don't know. I don't listen to much acoustic. I mean, yeah, that's what he started out as. So I kind of haven't really followed them since. I like the some early stuff, but acoustic music, but yeah. not yeah. yeah like Jackson Brown and fucking Bob Dylan and that. I'm fucking right Bob into Dylan. It, but, I've, I was mm -hmm. kind of raised on Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. I was raised on Johnny Cash. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's one actually that I've I never listened to until I was older, Johnny Cash, but the American albums are the best. Ah, right. Um, okay. I mean I love like you know, like Jackson and Cocaine Blues and all that. Yeah, yeah. But the American albums, uh, especially number number three and five, are right, just okay. beautiful. Obviously Heart is everybody's oh I'm I'm sad and depressed and I love this song, I'm so special because yeah. I like a Johnny Cash song, but yeah. it's like there's so many better tunes. Aye, no, absolutely. That, uh, aye. Uh, yeah. There's actually a kind of B side box set. I've got, um, they're quite hard to come by, and that's got like a bunch of shit that's like the stuff that got released later, just like forgotten right, and okay. stuff. And there's some tunes on that. that right? There's a cover of uh, You Are My Sunshine. It'll oh, make wow. you great. Uh, it's bet. one of the ones there. So. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, actually, his name came up recently because my wife found out recently that I've never seen the film, The Wacky Walk Phoenix. the Light. Walk the Light. you never uh, seen it? No, I've not. Have you still not seen it? Still not seen it. 
Are you refusing to watch it? No, no, we, we are planning to watch it. It's just we haven't done it yet. But my, the problem was is I watched Dewey Cox first. Like I saw the Walk the Line. Uh, no, no, Walk the Line. Walk Hard. Obviously, Walk the Line's the Johnny Cash one. Have you ever seen Dewey Cox? No. It's a spoof, effectively, of music bio kind of films, but obviously, most specifically, it focuses a wee bit on the Johnny Cash film. And it's John C. Reilly, and he plays this fictional musician called Dewey Cox and it's fucking hilarious man like from start to finish like it's I honestly you, you need to see it especially if you like Johnny Cash and the film because it it doesn't take the piss it just um you know it's it's, its own thing but it's because I saw that I, I then put off watching the Johnny Cash one because I'm like well this you know I can't even watch it back to back because that just won't you know it'll it won't work because I loved Walk, walk hard too much yeah. <laughs> but you should see it you should definitely see it I'm definitely going to watch Walk the Line I mean I fucking love Fe- Joaquin Phoenix's watch the incredible ex- actor the extended features on it yeah. there's a couple of like scenes that I don't know how they didn't make the film but they make the film for me so right, okay yeah um, should edit should you get yourself an editing pack who'd you edit them in yeah, I don't even, I don't edit my own fucking podcast audio right? and that. I had nice. a bit of a problem recently, but I managed to kind of fix it. So mm-hmm. somebody will be able to edit this for me. Brilliant. I don't have the patience to sit right. and learn Pro Tools and that. I've got to see, I've got man. to listen to this back oh, and, and listen, like pick it all the edits. How That's, long we've been going? An hour 40, which ah, is all right. It's all right. I mean, I'll edit down it's to a good 20 minutes. <laughs> I think uh, there's like a I mean, five minute rant on the pandemic. We should maybe, maybe cut that. Out. Yeah, yeah we don't. Yeah, yeah, fuck. I mean, it's that Morrison's kind of he's listening. Oh, to honestly, this. man. Like, do you know the worst thing about that? I meant to say this earlier. <laughs> Reason like, it again. Aye, it's honestly bust me, man. Like because I'm standing, I'm standing there listening to this guy tell me to hurry the and fuck you're up. Innocently buying onions, onions and a fucking dog toy, and the cunt is get a fucking mullet, like, but not like a not like a good. Like, like a hearty mullet. Australian mullet. Like yeah. one of those, he, he's like, he's at least 10 years older than me and he's got the hairdo of somebody that, you know, like, that's possibly, you know, 10 years younger than me, but 20 years ago, you know yeah. what I mean? If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, like it's yeah, an yeah. out of date haircut for someone yeah. younger than me and it's, the guy's got it just now yeah. and he's 10 years older than me. And I'm like, fuck you and your haircut, man. Like honestly, like, I mean, my hair, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the person to be throwing hair insults around because my fucking head's an absolute disaster at times but I've not got that hair do see when you get into argument with somebody I'm, I'm a bit of a dick too I go for the insults eh? yeah. and, it, and it's bad you know yeah. what I mean and you, make, you dig yourself a bigger hole oh, because you've got wound up you're now in the wrong Yeah. and the person that you're having a go at is yeah. just kind of wanting to get on with their day but you're oh. not going to let this go And the, just before we before we do finish at any point the the hospitality thing, right? Like the last time I worked front of house was when the pandemic ended. When it ended, sorry, that's the wrong word. When the lockdown lifted, right? Oh, when COVID had a bedtime and you yeah. could drink outside. You could drink outside. outside. Yeah, that was until ten o'clock. Fuck. So the hotel I work at in the kitchen, yeah, I hadn't worked in for a while because I'd been in the brewery. But then the when it reopened, I'm like, I'll you know I'll help out because I needed the job and the brewery wasn't really going properly yet. So I ended up doing front of house for a couple of weeks and. I had more or less a lovely time because everyone was quite respectful because they knew what had just happened. Hospitality and a few other industries like music or the arts got fucked. Absolutely fucking taken Did the cunt off. Did you paint over lockdown? Did I what? Paint over lockdown. Oh, yeah. yeah Did you sell a lot? Was that quite I, a bread and butter kind no, of scenario? I actually didn't. 
actively chose to not put paintings up for, for sale because as soon as the lockdown hit, a lot of arty folk that I follow online were just like fucking, this is for sale, that drop in price. Here, yeah, like panicking so you, because yeah, obviously it's their income. Yeah. So they were, it felt like everything was flooded. So I'm like, I'm just sitting in the house at that point, you know, like whatever. I hadn't been, hadn't sold a painting in maybe a year or something since the next, last exhibition. So after a few months, once everything had started to settle down, before we were still in the house, locked up, um, put a few paintings up for sale and they all sold. Yeah. I mean, I, I sell my paintings cheap, um, cheap, sell my paintings for a hundred pounds because um, I'm fortunate that I paint a lot. And when I, like, if I get into the studio for a couple of days, I could do a couple of paintings. It's, it's not, it doesn't take me long to do what I do. Obviously, if you know anything more detailed than that, will will take longer, right? But because of the amount of work that I produce, I figured out that if I sell it for a hundred pounds, then it, it benefits me in many ways because obviously I'm getting you know a hundred pound, which is magic. <laughs> but it's um, more importantly, it's like people like I'm. You know, I'm not. I'm not well off. I'm the complete opposite of well off, right? And all, a lot of my friends are the same. You know, like we're all. You know, musicians, artists, like fucking kitchen workers. You know, like just fucking not. We're not. None of us are particularly rich. So I, I want folk like me to be able to buy original art, right? And when I look for original art, it's hard to find anything that I like that's within that kind of price range. Price range, yeah. you know. So if anything over a hundred quid, maybe I'd push to hundred and fifty if I really liked it. Yeah. But I've yet to find it. Like I've got a couple of nice prints, like that there is by uh, Roddy McKenzie. It's an incredible painting. I'll grab it down afterwards to show you. I just noticed the Robert Alpix there. Oh, yeah, fucking right, man. Yeah. We love Dal in this house. Quentin Blake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, on that wall there, there's a painting or a print by someone called, a lady called Shanna Levinson from America. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, you know, maybe spent a hundred odd quid on prints, but when it comes to original art, it's really hard to, yeah. really hard to find good priced original art because everyone, you get to a point Oh, well, you know, now I've sold that painting for 200 quid, so I'm going to sell the next one for three. Yeah, yeah. Building, building, building. Yeah. And I, I guess to the point you're like, you know, you're, you're, price, you're pricing your work to people that, that you shouldn't be. And, also and that's as, ultimately the problem. Also as well, if you if you keep boosting it up, it's going to get to the point where there's going to be no interest because it's too high. And if you it's drop your prices, it makes you look worse. It makes exactly. you look like a less valued yeah. artist, but you did it to yourself. Yeah, exactly. And there's... There's a lot of weirdness when it comes to selling paintings, like, and this this is where it benefited me, right? Because I don't want, I don't want Tories on in my work, right? It's it's a person. I I know I can't stop it, but I don't I don't desire it. I I don't I don't want it, right? Over so, a Tory eat pineapple on a pizza. Like, well, oh, yeah, nah, they wouldn't. <laughs> But and uh, Tory, I'm using it broadly, I suppose. I just don't want certain types of folk on in my work, which sounds ridiculous. But it turns out that there are certain folk like with money that look down on cheap paintings. They wouldn't buy it because it's a hundred pound. Mm-hmm. They'd rather buy one that's a thousand pounds, so they yeah. can be like, "Oh, this is a yeah. such and such, and it's a thousand pound painting." Yeah. And you're like, "Brilliant, man, good on you." But like, I want people that appreciate the. I want solely for the appreciation of the work that I've produced. That's all That's all that matters to me. If someone looks at a painting like you did, you look at that post-it note thing, you're like, I fucking love that. That's what, that's what, I, that's, that's what art is for me. It's about 
connecting with someone on that level. And it's, you know, it's maybe sounds a bit wanky, but it is, it only sounds wanky in, because it is the case, you know, it's yeah, like a fact. Yeah. And the reason so many folks say it is because it is a fact that your art has to resonate. And if it doesn't resonate, what's the point? Just, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Like any band that you look like, again, back to music, like, you know, I'm fortunate that a couple of my favorite musicians are among my best friends, right? Like, but I was a massive fan of them before I met them. Like, uh, like when I first heard Why Bliss Destroyed by Sucho Pero, I heard it through the girlfriend of one of the original members. Oh, right, okay. A guy called Dave. And it was his girlfriend, Louise, whose sister gave me a copy of the CD. She's like, you should check this band out. They're brilliant. And I played that fucking thing to death, man. And then I eventually, through going to college, met them um, through another friend, Paul. And then through them, I met, you know, I met Sai. But by that point, I was already, you know, like, where were they? They were about to release... Random. No, oh, sorry, Biffy were about to release Vertigo, um, Vertigo Bliss. Literally yeah. about to release it. And then... Um, the I'd already fucking inhaled as much of the you know the first album and yeah. the EPs that I could you know that I could get my hands on back then I suppose it was difficult when it was all physical but you know so I'm fortunate that you know that my, the, I'm friends with the folk that, that I am but the I can't remember my I lost my train of thought with that because <laughs> I was trying to remember the name of that fucking album it's an incredible album coincidentally but um Aye, like, I think it's important to be, um, whether this is the point or not, it's important to be, surround yourself with like-minded people yeah. anyway. Yeah. But it's, much, it's extra important in arts. You, you knew them before they were big, and but yeah. you liked them anyway, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Aye. I mean? It's just a coincidence that they got big. That yeah, you exactly. Them to this yeah, day exactly. Kind of Aye, exactly. And I still do. Yeah. But then, you know, like going into the painting, I met Roddy, and it, it's just like, as I say, it's important. It's important to surround yourself with like-minded people in the arts as much as it is outside the arts. Like mm -hmm. because I've learned a lot from Sign Dragon, despite the fact that I'm not a musician, and I've learned a lot for Roddy. Like that guy is the most insanely good painter that really? I think this country's ever produced. Right? Okay. Like I, 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 it's not. I don't mean that to be like hyperbole. Then literally, I mean that's that's one. Of, that's an original Roddy. I got that from a birthday from. My friends all gathered their money together and bought me an original Roddy. And I, like I, honestly, I look at that painting. If I'm sitting watching TV, I'll look at that painting more than I'm watching the TV. <laughs> like it just catches my eye every fucking time. And it, it, when you look at it, like it's it's bonkers, man. Because it it's a great example of. So if, obviously they can't see it, the people listening, right? But it's a yeah. nighttime. It's a photo that Roddy took out his car driving fast down a road towards. Croy Shore down that way where his gallery is right and it's a bloody a bloody I think a picture of it I put it in the post yeah. so when you look at it you look like, that's fucking incredible it looks just like a photo right and it does but when you look up close obviously it's a painting and it's quite obviously a painting but it's a it's it's the idea that, that, that one of the main you know one of the main things that I've learned from any of my artistic friends is like the value of the idea above the execution now, Roddy's obviously got both in his barrow. He can execute Is Roddy things. still a painter? Why did I say still a person? Right, like he's turned into he's a fucking a person, giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> no, is he, still, is he still a painter? Is oh, he still yeah. alive? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. oh, absolutely. We've got a gallery together. We've opened right, a okay. small gallery under my studio. Right, uh, okay. Me, him, and uh, two other artists. One called Wendy, one called Alan. Yeah. And that's where we would have been today if it wasn't for the, the fact oh, that we can make small puppy exceptions. to look up, look after. I've got a puppy to, to 
protect. <laughs> so, um, but I'll get you there one day. Come check it out. It's a lovely space. Um, but Roddy's still working. Ah, he's, he's, he's still producing incredible work that blows my mind. He doesn't look at he, he paints through a mirror. He looks, he looks at his canvas through a mirror when he ah. paints. It's fucking ludicrous, man. I've tried it. It's impossible. The guy's, the guy's a different level. But through, you know, through meeting him, which was a sort of, we went for a, me and my missus went for a walk from Denure to Croy one day, which is quite a walk. And because um, we heard there was this art gallery slash cafe, we went in, met him, chatted and that. Then, you know, we hit it off and I love what he does. I'm pretty sure he loves what I do. But at least tolerates it. Yeah. And uh, I've learned I've learned you so like much. On TikTok. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I couldn't even begin to explain TikTok to Roddy. Uh, the guy hardly understands Instagram. Really? Oh, he's I mean he's like I wish I was like that though. I wish I did didn't care. You get yeah. people that don't go on the internet deliberately and I wish I had it. I mean I've deleted a lot of socials since Aye. since like the pandemic and that and right. I, I choose not to Full a thousand fucking people because it's all just like shite. It really so, is. Sometimes you're looking through things on the internet and you're like, why? Why, why, yeah. you're, why are you reading it? Going, yeah. the fuck am I, I watching know, reading I know, this for? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But I think it's just that kind of thing when you've got a couple of minutes to fill. It's a good. It's a good way to fill it rather than doing something with know, art productive. Though, <laughs> with art as well, it's like a, a physical thing as well. I don't mm. know if you agree as well, but obviously you're of the generation and me growing up is was leading out of that generation i still appreciate it more physical copies of things and i mean you've got an art you sit look at it yeah. you know what i mean there's a song you yeah. can listen to it on a streamed website it's not the no, it's not the same done but it's like a vinyl or a yeah. cd that's why it annoys me like i've spoken to dragon before about it it's, you need to get suit on vinyl but i know i know why it's not happening yeah. right now it will happen one day but stuff like that like i love and I collect a lot. Right, okay. uh, I've, I've spent thousands upon thousands, and I, but I don't regret it. I, no, I love it all. Of course not. And it's just the nicest thing to have. Um, you, you're a fan of the rattlesnakes, eh? Oh, I have. Yeah. Do. Oh, you do, right? Okay. Yeah, so I got it. the the blossom box set. You know when they did Frank the paintings, right, but I bought aye. it like eight years later for fucking oh, quadruple the price oh, or something. Well, it's worth it. It's, uh, it's got a beautiful it painting in it. Eh, but I've got a print, um, print. I've got a print of one of his. Was uh, that one of the lockdown ones? No, no. It was way, way back. It was um, it was the ones that he was doing. He was using a squeegee. Oh wait, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, down, I know. Yeah, I've got one of them. Yeah, um, got one of them. He did doing, the NFT. Yeah. Oh, that that didn't go well. It didn't. And uh, I don't. Do you appreciate any no, NFTs? Because it's not like like there's a side to it that isn't. The what folk think it is like I'll say that like I don't agree with I suppose to use that phrase but does the does the like what I like to think of is you know the kind of apes and all that shit like the cartoon right apes, right those things there's those which are fucking stupid no, but, you, but then there's you don't like own it though do you it's ah, if your that's, battery that's dies in your computer you you don't own it anymore yeah, that's I don't know it, exactly I mean the problem is is that it's and it was so obvious it was going to happen when you when you value something against something unpredictable like cryptocurrency. You've got that guy, that Logan Paul guy that spent hundreds of thousands on an ape picture that looked like any other fucking ape picture. And then because the price of the crypto fell, the thing's now worth less than $10 or something. So you're like, you know that, like from an investment point of view, it's risky, but then obviously art is too because there's yeah. folk that would have bought there's folk that bought Rolf Harris paintings. Well, there's folk that's for thousands. The same music, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
people get lost profits tattoos. Oh yeah. You know, have I mean? you got a lost profits tattoo? I don't have a lost profit right. tattoo. No, totally I've got no, 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 no. I've got a hundred and twenty-four tattoos, all wow. music related, and wow. none of them have become nonce racist rapists yeah. or anything. Yeah, so I'm on the right so direction. Yeah. I'm just waiting for a text. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you? Have Jesus. you? Look, I'm just waiting for a text. Dodds, have you opened Instagram? Me, like, fuck no. Yeah, who is it? Who's done what? Yeah, no, nah, there's there's risks. There's risks with investing in art. Exactly. But I think the NFT thing was very much a just a, a kind of money grabbing scam, if you want to call it that. But the way that Frank did it, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan. I think he's brilliant. Um, he is brilliant. He didn't. It wasn't a cryptocurrency NFT. It wasn't. It was, it was a, a cash. cash. M- it was NFT, cash. Yeah. But the principle remained that you had to have a. You're on the blockchain or yeah. whatever to prove that you owned it. But you know if you know whatever. Like it blew up big time. It and, and he I was getting. He was getting way too much hate for it. But it was. It it's was. because there was not enough understanding of, of it. Because yeah. folk are like, like it was around that time that I learned that this whole you know the energy that it costs to make NFTs or to produce cryptocurrency or whatever you know, super damaging to the planet. But then I found out that apparently sending tweets is pretty much the same amount of energy. And you're yeah. like, well, I fucking, sometimes I can send like three or four tweets a day fucking destroying the planet. You know, all this time I've not been driving. I'm like, I'm saving the planet. <laughs> and it turns out I'm not. It turns out I'm sitting on fucking, I sitting know. in bed like tweeting shit. Going, you oh, tweet fuck. about your fucking fruity pizzas is just killing Cause the planet. That's what I meant yeah. to say as well. What's that? Pineapple and pizzas. Fuck off. Yeah. I made that. I was doing a night course on printmaking. We ended up doing some ceramics. And I did a wee ceramic glazed plaque for my love of pineapple and pizza. I liked the one you did. um, I went to Italy and I tried to paint something like a staircase or something. But I ended up just drawing a pizza or something like that. That was that fateful trip to Napoli when I ended up nearly dying Dying. of COVID. Right. Um, but I, I did, I did try my hardest to paint that. That was a pretty staircase. I've still got the photo of it, but fucking pizza like that I couldn't finish because I started to feel unwell. Yeah. But and it, uh, aye, that's a good looking pizza actually. It's, it's a good. I've done a few pizzas. I've done. A, I used to paint a lot of cheeseburgers when I was starting out. Cheeseburgers was my really? thing back in the day. I um, went from cheeseburgers to pizza. I'll show you a burger that somebody painted for my mate Andy, who um, for the Meat Hammer, he did a really, really lovely drawing of one Amazing. of his favourite burgers. Eh? So yeah. painting probably... food's brilliant. Like it, there's a there's a lot of folk that do it. There's a guy, there's a Dutch guy that's incredible called Chalf Sparney, and he paints. He's obsessed with painting eggs, like mostly hard boiled, but some fr- and fried. Not never scrambled or anything or poached, yeah. but he does an incredible hard uh, fried egg. Look, and he fucking loves doing it, man. He does it all the time. He paints a lot of other stuff, but he paints a lot of eggs. And he also paints like egg salad sandwiches and stuff. Like he's obsessed with it. But he's like a proper I mean he's like egg artist. He's he's Holland's probably Holland's most popular living artist currently. Really? So he's not like some random wee guy on Instagram painting yeah. eggs. He's like a legitimate Do you reckon like Instagram and TikTok have obviously opened up the world of art and folk obviously there's people that can draw very well and they're influencers and I hate that word that's yeah. not a word yeah. it's not a job it's not, either it's not. Um, but obviously do you know that's well it's obviously kind of finding a newfound appreciation for it because there's people that will watch your shit because it's funny yeah. or somebody else's shit because it's funny but they'll see the art yeah. it obviously opens up a kind of different world to people you I know think what I, mean? the, I think if for, from that point of view I I mean it, it's been hugely important social media for, for the art for, for the visual arts and maybe when it comes to the music thing obviously that's a bit of a Area, but the 
when it comes to things like promoting your paintings or you know like trying to drive folk to to buy your paintings and stuff it's the most valuable tool there is i yeah. think now because social media yeah. I, I i don't really want to fucking exhibit work you know i mean i've i've always i get dead agitated about it like i get super um antsy a couple of days before the exhibition I, my wife can hardly fucking make me concentrate on anything because i'm just sitting there going oh what if everyone fucking look if they fucking hate it or something like the last exhibition i did um was um my, my last solo show my last property i've done a couple of wee ones at my own gallery but it's not been it's not properly started yet so but my i did a solo show last april which ended on my 40th birthday with a big blowout it was great fun but i'd kind of i had a really 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 bad uh point at the middle of the pre the year prior to it and i'd kind of you know i was really down and my mental health was really really dipped and was having terrible thoughts and i thought i fucking i can't i, I can't be in this studio man i feel like you know like i can't concentrate i, I I'm fucking don't want to be here so i'll just fucking have to sack this for a wee bit not like sack it for good but i'm like i'm stopping painting and I'll, if I get back to it, I get back to it. If I don't, I don't. And um, it lasted like a week or a, a week and a bit, maybe a couple of weeks. And then I'm like, no, nah, well, I'm going to go to the studio and I'm going to see, you know, I'm just going to set up a canvas and I'm going to put on some music and I'm going to see what happens. And within about a week, just over a week, maybe, I'd basically had like the first six or seven pieces that would make up what was like a 40 painting maybe even more than 40 painting solo show that I put on down at Roddy's gallery. And the, it, it kind of, it, it was, it made it harder because I'm like, you know, what if, if, if everyone hates this, like I'm confident in the work, but because of what started this exhibition, what made me start painting these paintings was, was a real, not even a crisis, a, you know ability and stuff you know i never really doubted that it was more than what the fuck am i doing like you know am i what am i going to be a you know i don't, I don't want to be like you know i don't want to be a famous guy that sounds stupid like i don't want you've got five thousand followers you're I'm a fucking famous. huge man you're a huge fucking man. influencer just phone nah, the booty. i'm fucking, fucking jacking out mate yeah, i've got i've got enough five thousand i know i'm getting kept don't, don't talk to me yeah <laughs> buy my nfts um no nah, i thought that you know like I just didn't want to. If folks said it sucked, it might uh, it might have sent me over the edge. Like I was at that kind of point. Like I I know that I can paint, and I know that my ideas are often good. But for myself, for me, but it was more a more of a kind of I don't know, man. You know what it's like with mental health issues. It's it really, you know, you start to overthink things, and you start to. It, it, it was a positive and a negative you experience. You start to exaggerate it in your head sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're at, uh, we're at tours, but like, cool. this the last kind of thing, but on that end of that conversation, you were saying about like, because obviously you're an artist, you, everyone's a harshest critic yeah. of things. We spoke about that before when, yeah. when you said you'd listened to an episode and I was like, I just hate listening couple back. Couple, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I just, I hate some of the stuff I mean I love all the, I love all the episodes for what they are but shit I just hate about it and I'm so pernickety and there's be like there's one I'm about to release that I love the conversation I love the person that's doing it because she was amazing I just hate how I am in it and, right, okay. but I get what you mean so I actually had a conversation with, with Kevin mm. uh, younger he yeah. we were tattooing you got like four hours of the guy she's so just just chat shit man. Yeah. so 
he was saying as well, like he went through a, a mental period where he just like doubted everything he yeah. didn't and he just didn't want to be on social media, didn't want to share his, his work. And, yeah. and as an artist, like a tattooist and a painter, it's a bit different for a, for a podcast because I'm not really creating anything. I'm just, you definitely just, are. I mean, it's... in a sense, I am. I'm just like, like I said before, I'm just, I want to talk to people that are just sound. Yeah. I've got an interest in, maybe I know them or not. But when you're an artist, like you've got to, you're putting your work out there to be judged in a sense. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it just might take that one Instagram comment to be like, oh, like, that's not your best. <laughs> and I, I spoke to a, a girl called Sophie. She's going to be the next episode that comes out. And mm-hmm. she was a, an interviewer for like kind of a big, bigger magazine, talking to big bands and that. And it'd be all these like harsh, co- you know what YouTube comments yeah, are like, especially yeah, when the video's Jesus. got like hundreds of thousands of views. I, you know what I mean I'm lucky that I don't I'm a very small podcast I don't right. plan to get big I doubt we'll get big I swear fucking far too much to get big yeah. so I get I, I wonder it must be really like 900 nice comments and there's that like one negative and that's the one you focus on has yeah. oh, that happened to you look. before? Oh, absolutely yeah. Especially if you say Apart from the final pizza, that abuse uh, yeah, is, that's, that, that's warranted. I'm expecting it. <laughs> I'm expecting it. When you post about fruit and a pizza, it's mostly because I'm trying to bam folk up and I'm expecting retorts. But with the, especially, see see if you talk about, like with, with, when I'm on TikTok and I'm talking about art, obviously you're kind of, most of the videos I do are pretty much like, I fucking love this. In fact, the whole thing started with a joke about me being like, this is the my favourite painting of all time, but it's also the greatest painting of all time, and I'll tell you why. And I did it for dozens of paintings, like to the point where, you it's know, it took a few, it, yeah, 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 but it took a few runs for folk to get that I was joking. Like the first one that I did, thought, well, that's not the greatest painting of all time, and yeah, I'm like, well, wait know, a fucking day, know, and you'll find I out know, that there's another video with the same. But then once you start, see if you take if you say something about an artist that folk really like, um, kind of current, and there's there are a couple. I don't want to say his name because, it, you know, it caused fucking chaos last time I did. And um, you get folk that just come on and instantly start being like, one guy actually was like, you just fucking wish you had his talent. And I'm like, when I was in my 20s or 30s, I might have fucking, you know, phoned the guy or text the guy going, fucking meet me in the back of boots, you know what I mean? But but now I'm like, <laughs> my, now I'm, that's what it used to happen in there. But I'm like, um, I'm always asking folk these days, meet me in the back of boots. <laughs> No one gets it, you know what I mean? Because they weren't around in the nineties or whatever. Um, but the, you know, folk. Like, I'm like nowadays, my response, you know, as I said earlier, try and be positive. And I'm like, well, if you want to know who I'd want to have the talent of, because I'm not, I'm never going to claim I'm better than any painter. Like I'm just wanting to. All I want to do, the only reason I paint is because my fucking, you know, my brain produces these silly things that I'm like. Well, I need to paint it now because I've now started painting. And you can't get it out until it's done. Can't get it out until it's done. Like, and it's all stupid stuff like the fucking pineapple on pizza paintings. Or yesterday, someone asked me online about a painting that I did about a, an ancient Egyptian god that I'd made a, a wordplay in French about. Well, that's a ludicrous fucking idea for a painting, but it's all I could think about for like a week. But I read about this fucking sun god called Aten, who was. Sorry, this is this this, oh, this won't take long, right? But <laughs> there was the the fa- the father of King Tut King Tutankhamun, right? Whose dad was called Akhenaten, right? And it was something to do with a sun god called Aten. And this guy decided to get rid of all the gods that Egyptians followed and went monotheistic, one god, and it was Aten. And I was watching some stuff about it, 
you know, one week every night watching some stuff about Egypt because it interests me. But the image that they used for Aten is like a sun and the sun rays coming off it have got wee hands. It's fucking adorable, right? And it's all I could think about. And then I'm like, well, Aten is the sun god. And I'm like, well, sounds a wee bit like Aton in the French. So I'm like, Aton, Le Dieu du Soleil was the name of the painting that's written on it. So it says technically Aten, the sun god in French. But if you read it like a French person, it reads like, beware the sun god. Fixated. That's like cool double meaning. Exactly. Fixated. Absolutely fixated with it. And like, if if the op- if the option for me, if the option was doing that kind of stupid shit or painting really brilliant landscapes, I'd, I'd choose the stupid shit every day of the week. And it's it's unfortunate for me because I'm probably you know, you know, you <laughs> if I focused on one thing, <clears throat> you might get more success. But then it just depends on what you think success is. Success. Yeah. Want to be good at painting. I've, success I've, isn't followers. Six. Yeah, no. success isn't always money either. No, it's, but it's my good fucking to, learning it's good to have a trade, couple of quid, you know I mean? but yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've worked since I was, whatever I said, 12, 12, 13 years old. I've got a fucking work, work ethic that I'll never you get mean, rid but, of. But every artist, though, doesn't get famous if they die. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. And I don't Hurry want, up and die and I'll just yeah. cash in <laughs> on you. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, that's a, it is a thing that I think about a wee bit. I'm like, I like to think that if ever my paintings even became worth 500 quid, like, within my lifetime or otherwise i've sold them to someone for 400 quid eh, for 100 quid so they're making you know they could make 400 quid yeah, maybe yeah, even yeah. you know it could be more in the future yeah. if i am very fortunate in my in my career but ultimately all i want to do is make enough money from the only thing i need is to make enough money to buy paint and pay my studio rent that's it you're I, not greedy I have, i'm not greedy and i've got no aspirations to i don't want to go and fucking show work down in london no. you know i don't want it like i'm i'm fucking i'm a busy guy <laughs> i'm busy and i'm quite lazy and uh you know i just all i want to do is just fucking paint pictures that amuse me and if folk want to buy them it's fucking beautiful and i, I appreciate every single person that's ever bought any and of yeah. me it's like and i know a lot of folk that aren't like that in the arts and it kind of makes me sick folk you meet them in the music meet them in music a lot folk that are like i'm the shit fucking come and see Come and see how much yeah, of the shit I yeah. am. Like that some attitudes stink. You see it in every fucking walk of life, but when it's in the arts, it's infuriating because you're like, well, you shouldn't be like that. Like none of the artists that I love are like that. Like none of them. They're all humble as fuck. Like we mentioned Frank, Frank Carter earlier on humble as fuck. Like a really, really, really lovely guy. I want to get tattooed by him so badly. But yeah. I'm not willing to pay. 600 pounds no. for two hours and i'm saying that as if i fucking chatted to him i've literally said hello to the guy yeah and i shat it you know like really? I abso- oh absolutely he's so nice like, i spoke to him loads I'm of sorry, times mate. Like, i fucking love yeah. i love what you're doing he was like yeah. oh cheers man and i'm like see ya <laughs> <laughs> like i've I, honestly I, I sometimes i just get too nervous in front of folk that i saw i saw the the drummer like um brad uh, brad wilk from uh the drummer from rage against the machine and i saw him at a festival he was walking towards me. I'm with my wife. Went backstage at some fe- festival in Finland. And the, um, he's walking towards me and he kind of does that. Nods his head, says hello. And whatever came out of my mouth was not any fucking known language, man. It was like, <laughs> my wife just grabbed me and fucking dragged yeah. me along. So I'm like, I cannot fucking, I thought about it all day. I still think about it. I'm like, yeah, I could have fucking said hello. Uh, but I couldn't, couldn't all right, get that. All right, all right, right mate. Yeah. I fucking, fucking love you. And I'm like, no, I'm like, ah. yeah. Word vomit, man. Like it just... I'll tell you a story about after, about after yeah. this. But, uh, oh, aye. Oh, aye. Too hot for, too hot for. Uh, no, I, no, I just, I just didn't want to fucking mm. uh, make it up myself. Right, David, I guess it's been really good. I've been, 
Listen, a good, good conversation. Great, um, I hope you get something usable. We've got two hours, ten minutes. Shit, man. So we're gonna me. we're gonna have to. I think we'll have to trim some of it. Uh, but now I'm chuffed. Like, but you'll have stuff coming. You've always got shit to go. Always. You've you've always got stuff Aye. for sale. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My Instagram constantly get stuff. Yeah. I always put as much stuff as I can for sale. Some yeah. it sells, some it doesn't. But then a few weeks later, I'll try and sell it again. Like yeah. <laughs> a constant stream of stuff that I try to sell. So yeah. I Fredo Rossi on Instagram and all other social media platforms. <laughs> no website. I know. I don't have a website. There's no fucking time for that. Did you ever have Cyclops as your name? On has always been Ferreira Rossi. I had my original Twitter account was Cyclops. Why Ferreira Rossi? Right, the last question. They were dying. Okay, Ferreira Rossi. Like my. Roommate, I get why the name is. Yeah. So because like, of the chocolate. The chocolate. Yeah. So the reason I changed the reason I don't paint under my own name is that not only is it the most stupidly common. Rossi's like the Smith of Italy. There's a Super Francis common. Rossi coming to the firm one from status quo. Aye. Aye. Yeah. I've got an uncle, Francis Rossi. He's not the same guy. <laughs> so I also know, personally know, about five other David Rossi's, right? So it's a super common name. And um, the, in fact, there's about three in my family, right? But and most, a family of Rossi's, aye? <laughs> yeah, there's fucking <laughs> loads. The, um, the most, the one reason that I needed, I knew I needed a name isn't just the fact that, you know, like a, you know, all my pals are in bands and they get to have cool band names. So I'm like, I want a fucking arty name you know i need a name for my art i need a situation name mo- yeah mostly it's because there's a tv show called criminal minds that joe joe mantegna is it mantegna or mantegna the guy for godfather three like fat tony from the simpsons he plays a character called david rossi and when you google david rossi that's all that comes up so when i was started painting and i was putting stuff up you know like if i had you know not that anyone would be searching it at that point but I'm like, if I search my name, you know, it takes me fucking ages to find even one of my social media accounts, you know what I mean? Because there's just hundreds of fan fiction and fan theories. And at one point they were fixated on what his middle name was, what this character's middle name was. And I wouldn't tell you my middle name earlier, but I will tell you that when they announced his middle name, it's my fucking middle <laughs> name. So that, that cunt's <laughs> character's name is my full name. Like it's That's the weirdest brutal. fucking thing. So... I decided I needed another name and I, I always joked that if I ever had a son, I'd call him Ferrero Rossi. And I'm sitting one day trying to come up with a name for painting and I'm like, why am I holding on to that? That's too good. <laughs> a kid could be called in. Not that I've, I'm not having kids, but not, you know, like, I'm like, I'm having that fucking yeah. name. Fuck it. I'm yeah. going to use that. And, I, and I've, 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 I don't regret it. I mean, I'm, it doesn't involve it's only for my social media, really, because yeah. I sign all my paintings just with my surname anyway. So, um, but that the the love of the chocolate is primarily primarily the reason that the name came to exist. But it did come to exist a wee bit before I started painting. So, yeah. but I just I utilized it. It's as, like a play on words. It's like podcast. Podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, it yeah. works. It so does. I, and that's a, that's a great name for your podcast. I will you. say it does. It, it works. It was originally, I had a totally different name for it too. Right? Yeah, I'll talk about it after. Ah, but right, yeah. David Bieber, of course. But well, bang thank, and thank you. you. Thank you so much, man. It was fucking great. Fun. Perfect. Brilliant. Brilliant.